my favorite part about the 15 seconds of silence is how everybody just awkwardly stares at each other. Uh, yeah. I was looking at Simon staring down at the humidifier <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you need to be quiet. <laughs> and with I that, to lose my shit. with that, welcome to the 2017 CES Global Nations podcast in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am Phil Nickinson. Are you sure? Who is Yes, I am Phil Nickinson. I still am. I am a modern dad now. Oh, okay, there you go. That's where we're I was a dad before, now I'm just modern. That's very impressive. Yes. Welcome back to CES. Welcome back to Mobile Nations. We are going to round up and wrap up, basically, everything we have seen here at CES, and maybe a couple things we haven't, because, Jesus, there's a lot of stuff here. So much stuff. It's been overwhelming, even for those of us. This is my eighth CES. You are old. Let's go around the room real quick. He's and modern. I, yes, I'm not old, I'm modern. <laughs> let's uh, let's go around the room real quick and introduce ourselves and say where we work. So you've already met Phil. I am Derek Kessler. I am managing editor of Windows Central. I am Russell Holly, managing editor of VR Heads. And I'm Andrew Barnick. Technically, I am a... An no, you know. Yeah, you gave yourself a sweet title after. I'm all an that. executive editor, US. There's a comma, <laughs> US, at androidcentral.com. You are so fancy. Also in the room, um, but, but silent as usual, staring is Mark at Wim. us. <laughs> yeah. And Simon Sage, who has busted his ass this week on a lot of stuff that you've mm-hmm. probably seen, is way in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't normally sound like that. Um, I'm Phil Nickinson. If you don't know me, I did Android Central for many a year. Now I'm a modern dad, moderndad.com. He's a YouTube star. I am. So we're just ramping that up. <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of fun, though. Come with us. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you just want to see me act like an idiot sometimes. Oh, there's plenty. There's going to be a lot more of that. There, there's yeah. been a real missing part of our Android Central podcast. We missed out on the the philisms. Like what? Fill, Name fill, three. In the fill direction. Name three. No more just making random noises into the microphone for ten seconds at a time. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, the well, which is most of the cold opens for the podcast. Yeah. Really most random random noises. I'm just seeing if you guys were paying attention. Well, so, we weren't. Breaking into song. That's another one. Yes. Mm-hmm. No one breaks important. into song on the podcast anymore. That's See? a shame. That's a damn shit. I gotta come back more often. I've been setting up my new office, and I'm not set up to do podcasts yet. So yeah. As soon as I am, I will grace you with my presence. And Phil, we set up to do a podcast in a hotel room. You can do it in your office. My office is a big giant wind tunnel. Basically, it's it, it is an it is a literal out. echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> um, so CES, which is the reason we are gathered here today. Yes. If you had to pick, let, let's just. Start with the elephant in the room. If you had to pick the one winner of CS, and I don't necessarily agree there is such a thing, okay, but I think good. this year there there sort of is a little bit. Yeah, it's called Amazon Alexa. Yeah, it's everywhere. Everywhere. You thought that that you know Alexa had a lead over uh, Siri and and Google Now or Google Assistant. I don't even think you can put Google in the conversation yet. I mean, yeah, you can, but uh, why? In, in the same way that you would put Siri in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But if, if you thought that Alexa had a lead over those two before, I mean, holy crap. And we, we shouldn't be surprised. Everyone's writing these stories like it came out of nowhere, or, or Alexa quietly took over CES. They announced that, hey, we're going to let anybody put Alexa in anything. And, Why are we surprised that it's happened? And I have to give credit to Jerry Hildenbrand, who's not here. Who uh, That's a weird about, reason to give him credit. I think about, a yeah, just for not being here. Good on him. <laughs> uh, he made the right decision. We Like, two weeks ago, he said... 
by the way, I'm getting all these emails from all these companies that are putting Alexa in Bluetooth headsets and random appliances and computers and speakers. And like, this is going to be a big thing that they're going to do. And of course, at CES, everybody was making a huge, I mean, companies big and small. Yeah. You know, random Chinese companies you never heard of. Up to LG putting Alexa in its freaking refrigerator. Yeah, and the, uh, everybody was in it. And the first real indication we got of this actually came from, of all companies, Lenovo. There you go. And they made, of all things, their own Amazon Echo. Just carbon let's, copy. <laughs> let, let's back up real quick and remind people that we're talking about two different things. The intelligence behind all this yes. is called Alexa. Echo is the speaker, the big giant cylinder that Amazon made. Right. It's a Bluetooth speaker with this intelligence inside it. And that is what Lenovo made. Right. It is a cylindrical speaker with a grill on the bottom. It's cheaper. And it's cheaper. Well, but they have a better sounding version. Yeah, yeah, we haven't been able to, like, compare them side by side to hear whether that discount of, what is it, $40 cheaper? $50. $50 cheaper. $129 list. Oh, Man, it's a lot cheaper than the $180 of the standard Echo. I would like to take a minute and point out that Chella is now in the room with us. Actually, Chella is probably one of the, I've been the hardest work. Come here, come here. Chella should come and join the podcast. Yeah. I really think she should. Sit down. Should I? You yes. Should, you should oh, introduce yourself oh, real quick. You, okay. Yeah. Or grab a chair oh, first. Oh, this wait. podcast is going to be really long. There's a chair right here. I'll do like a... Okay. For those of you who've been listening to our podcast for years, Thank you. you can probably tell that we have had a lack of women... <laughs> which is just on all of them on all of them yes. which is just the way it's been with, I guess with the exception of the iMore podcast sure um, we have not really had a lack of Canadians I guess no no there's there's always <laughs> a couple of them lying around Shella has the the, you know, the fortune of being both yes I, I am both tell us who you are and what you do for us okay hi my name's uh, Chella Russo I'm from Winnipeg and I am social I do social I like I like weird things and I like boomerangs and I like pictures and selfies and Millennial stuff, you know? I have absolutely no idea what any of that means. Stickers and MySpace and ponies.com. What? What? I, I think boomerangs are Australian. My kid loves boomerang. boomerang oh, she thinks the, it's the coolest thing. It is the coolest thing. Your kid is right. I think you and Micah, who... Why is Micah not here? Where is he? He's he's, he's working. He's driving. Uh-huh. Work. He's socialing. Yeah. I think you two probably worked harder than the rest of us all week. No. Certainly more content. No. We just we got to wander around. That was fun. They got to go and look at all the cool shit. Yeah, and play with it. I got to ride on a bike and I almost crashed into a 3D printer. It was great. I thought the bikes were... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know. Um, no, so Chella is with us now. And I met you like a year ago. Not maybe a year ago I, up in Winnipeg. You uh, had just started, I think. That might have been your first day, actually. It was like... I a- think it was. April yeah. was when I started. Ooh. Yes, and it's... It's, it's been a wild ride. I've had so much fun. Everyone's just great. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. I'm so you, actually, you've probably seen more than than all of us combined at this point. I've seen some really weird stuff. So <laughs> I've seen some stuff, man. I've seen some stuff, we were just man. talking about how Amazon Alexa is built into everything here at CS, and actually, that that a Canadian is now here brings up an important point. None of this stuff will work there. Nope. Yeah, now, just about anywhere outside of the U.S. Yeah, really, yeah. but but the U.K. Most has it now. Canada. Yeah, yeah. I feel like as Canadians, though, like I'm I'm so used to that. Like I'm so used to things not being just stuff like, not being just, available. Like literally, if something comes out, I just automatically assume it's not, so I don't get disappointed. And then when it's like it is available, I'm like, oh, what a nice surprise! Like <laughs> I can enjoy that thing. So that's nice. 
But yeah, I saw some really weird things. Amazon Alexa was everywhere, like in robots. And Did you see anything that didn't have it? I guess maybe that's how things stand out. Now. The bikes, probably. The bikes. Like it's uh, almost expected. Some water bottles. Like I saw some smart <laughs> water bottles that did not have Alexa. Well, um, those water bottles are not smart at all. I know. That was the other <laughs> thing. That, stupid water bottle. Don't. That was kind of the other thing that stood out to me this week. And it's it's very cliche at this point to have a connected anything but everything is connected. Yeah, but now, th- but now they're actually becoming smart. Yeah, and still wondering why. Like the yeah yeah. Huh? I saw a uh, a smart uh, soap dispenser. Does it to let you know when you're out soap of soap? Use? Well, like I got one that's clear that tells me that. Yeah, <laughs> I took a quick picture of it. Michael was like, "No, actually, it's really cool," and I'm like, "I don't get it. Like, I don't like." Oh, it's it's not it's beautiful. And then like there was one big, like I guess selling point. It was like no batteries to recharge. I'm like I actually have a soap dispenser that doesn't even take batteries. That I don't need to recharge that ever. If you have batteries in my soap dispenser, people think you need to go to the doctor. Yeah, like like, (laughs) there's a pump on the top. My my favorite example of that this week was actually one of those things that's cool as hell when you see it. But it it was this. uh, I just totally forgot the name. Shade. Shades. It, oh, it, it's a giant umbrella. umbrella. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, a giant yeah. umbrella yeah, yeah. like you would put on your patio in your backyard. We were making fun of that so hard two days ago. It looks and you cool as hell. It. It's, okay. it's solar powered, uh, so you don't have to plug it in. It has Bluetooth. It has Alexa. It will when they make it. They say it has. <laughs> they haven't actually made it yet. <sighs> it automatically moves in relation to the sun, or you yeah. can use the app to move it manually. Or you can do what I recommend, which is. Pick your chair up and move it back into the shade. Or move Whoa. the umbrella. Or move the umbrella. Go Whoa. get a $40 umbrella from Home Depot. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's what I have. I I'm, I think mine's like 100 bucks. whatever. This is a $2,000 oh, smart connected <laughs> wireless umbrella. That's what's wrong with CES right there. Well, now, I've hold spent on, a lot of money on. That's out. insane. I've spent a lot yeah. of money on a lot of stupid shit. Yes, you have. But I'm not Including, saying. we must mention, this giant rice cookies and cream rice crispy. It's amazing. It's, and I, I wish all everybody that's listening to this podcast could have it. It's like two it inches thick. Like, what is it? It's, it's a rice crispy treat. It's yeah, it's like four inches by four inches by two inches. It's like a meal. It's a rice yeah. crispy treat. It's thick enough. I have to unhinge my jaw to get it. Go uh, snake. Go uh, go follow the uh, Modern Dad Instagram. It's on there. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna plug the hell out of myself in this. But even, oh, yeah. get ready. but even such a amazing consumer of random things would not buy a two thousand dollar yeah that connected I that umbrella now mm. yeah no, no. but but here's the thing that that is for the the people who buy those uh retractable awnings yes. for, for their backyard yeah, yeah. 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 this yeah. is high end and you know so and those are like to get those installed is like three and four thousand dollars for those powered retractable sure. awnings so this this would be less expensive and depending on your setup more functional. So Maybe. I'm, yeah. I'm not totally gonna hate on it, but it is like it is kind of silly compared to just getting up and moving your chair. Yeah. I just got yelled at for eating a skittle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Phil just like half undressed and then, and then opened a huge bag of skittles. It's not. It's. There it is. Twenty ounces. That's a lot of skittles. That is a lot of skittles. I'm just, saying this we have to turn the air conditioner off the podcast. It's hot in here. Yeah. I'm saying this with a handful of marshmallows. That's a lot of Skittles. Yeah, in fact, you guys are kind of silly for not having anything silly. Wait, okay. I have a bag of Skittles right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh you told so, it. That's smart. I'm just more discreet. We also got uh, a phone with Alexa embedded. Um, yeah. Which, which was that, a first. That, and this is a, a bigger deal, deal to me. Yeah. 
Um, but it's not super clear how it works yet. Okay, so... Uh, or when? Yeah, or it, when. It, it's, it's from Huawei. And I'm putting my Android hat back on. It's the Huawei Mate 9, Yeah, which is now available in the United States. Start with that. Yeah, they dropped it on us. It's it's here, and it's the first uh, Kirin processor available in Kirin the US. Kirin 950. They've been... A little scooplet. Um, they've been working on getting Kirin in the US since last... Probably before last CES. I found out last CES. Um, so it's what, been a, what obstacles they have to overcome to do that? Ton of regulatory, regulatory stuff, and, regulatory. and uh, not just regulatory, but originally there was a bunch of patent disputes because some of the tech was uh, competing with or was uh, uh, copied basically from Qualcomm. Oops. Um, and a lot of that stuff had been changed. They'd worked really hard to make it so that Kirin was its own standalone thing yep. uh, through using uh, FinFET architecture yep. and, and a bunch of really cool stuff that they've been doing. FinFET was the big thing in the Kirin 900, which came out, which was announced November 2016. That was yeah. the uh, or 2015. Bye, Bark. Um, that was the the China trip I took. Um, so yeah, that that's a big deal, and it's a good phone. It's a sexy looking phone. Yeah, and Huawei continues to make I think leaps and bounds in their quality. And there's a yeah. reason to be excited about a processor that's not a Qualcomm processor in the U.S. in a way that can deliver flagship stuff. And I tell you this, manufacturers love that. Smartphone manufacturers love being able to go to Qualcomm and say, well. It gives them leverage. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, yeah, which is why you see like the odd MediaTek phone. And Qualcomm mm-hmm. still says, "LOL, you're going to buy our chips sure. the most." Especially they just if might you, not cost quite as much. Especially yeah. if you need CDMA because we own that. So this is really big. It's a 5.9 inch phone, really thin. <clears throat> uh, Leica cameras again, or Leica certified cameras. There you go. It's not like a glass. Um, but yeah, it will at some point have Amazon Alexa built into it. It's going to require. And this a was a phone that they already announced, by the way. Right. So yeah, this you guys had com- already reviewed this it. This is coming, like, presumably, by the time it comes out, three-ish months after it was released. Right. They're like, oh, we're just going to push an OTA out, and uh, you're going to have Alexa. It will be some sort of standalone app, but requires a, a ROM update first, they said. Yep. Um, it very much, it, as I was talking to Huawei people, they're very much still working on it, so mm-hmm. it's not done yet. Yeah. Um, they said in the spring, so we're you know we're talking two three months at least. Probably. It's a little bit different when you're talking about a mobile device because you have power concerns, sure. you have microphone concerns. Whereas if you're Lenovo and you're just going to build a carbon copy of an Echo, yep, you don't have to worry about that. It's I always mean, plugged in. That's always they could just carbon copy what they have from the Echo and put it out there. Yeah, and and we do need to you know remind people if you haven't experienced Amazon Echo at all or Echo Dot, this is it's it and it's in the same way that. Siri can always be listening, and Google Now Assistant, call it what you want, can always be listening. This will also always be listening if you choose to use it. I'm not. I'm not actually sure about that. You don't think so? Uh, so the video demonstration they gave, they were really specific about the display always being on. They're gonna have to figure when, that out when reaching out for for Amazon uh, for, for all the Echo stuff. Sure. And they weren't they weren't willing to talk about it. When Maybe they were it's asked. just like a little button you press real quick. It and, could be. And that's that's how it is on their tablet now. Right. That's one of those HD. concerns we were talking about. That's really hard to figure out. Sure. So yeah, there's a lot we don't know, but but we do know right now it's not immediately available in the phone if you were to go buy it today. Yeah, and it's also important to remember that Alexa isn't going to be a one-to-one replacement for uh, Google Now or Google Assistant because uh, Alexa has different things. Well, yeah, and Alexa, as it stands right now, doesn't have any of the uh, the the like mobile-focused things, like reaching into your contacts to grab stuff yep. or scheduling appointments, or, or I guess it does have a scheduler. But, mm-hmm. um, so it, you know, the the question is going to quickly become whether Amazon is going to spin up to to you know. 
clone some of Google's features to make sure that it works as, as a one-to-one replacement, or if people are going to be weirdly using both. I think it's a big deal because it's, it's, it's going to start the avalanche. Yeah. We're going to see this in a lot of other devices. I mean, and because you're seeing this sort of thing in a device that also has Google play access. Right. So it's a, it's a competitor. Well, I think also just being on the variety of devices. I mean, even if Google, I mean, we are, we saw this week as well. We'll get to in a minute that Google assistant is making its first expansion off of the pixel as well. Uh, or in Google Home, but they're not going to have the amount of data that Amazon's going to collect on being on a speaker and a phone and whatever Bluetooth headset and a TV and your refrigerator. And, you know, it doesn't have to be you own all of those things, but Amazon will have all these funnels of data and they're going to be able to tell how people in all these different situations use this stuff and that's going to fuel their development of new. <laughs> that's going to develop like. Tell us trying to very stealthily get up and. I, I have to take a boat. I have to pack. I got to write. And okay. You guys are so great for letting me talk, but I have so much stuff to do. Okay, it's okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> Everybody on the podcast, say bye to Chella. Wait, wait. So I'm going to have to do a boomerang first. Okay. <laughs> This is really good. I will this is great radio. Radio. Everybody listening to the podcast, say bye, Chella, at home. You know, we... One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we make great radio every single week, but that really, that tops it. Uh, yeah. this. I mean, I'm looking at the waveform right here. This is gold. Yeah, can everyone see the boomerang through yeah, the podcast? Is it... Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, where can they go to see your boomerang? Oh, they can uh, check me out on Instagram at Russo. Because I post there often, and it's mainly just my face. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of love myself a lot. And, 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 and Simon's face. And Simon's and now face. Simon's face. Yeah, okay. Simon has a good face. And also, I have a really great zoom in on Derek eating yes. rice Yes, <laughs> excellent. So you all can experience He has it. not yeah. finished the Rice Krispie. We, we are 18 really, minutes into this. You can see it's the intensity in his eyes. It's, it's we really, really should cool. start a collection of silly pictures and videos of Derek that we have. Oh my gosh, okay. I love it. There's, so there's a lot of them at this point. We yeah. will bring you your next Derek Rice Krispie treat update in 20 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you for the cameo. Man. Good night. Fly yes. safe. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> have a good night. So, I mean... This Amazon Echo, or sorry, Alexa stuff. I mean, how far is this going to go? Is I mean, Amazon seems to be pushing this really hard. It's built into cars now. I mean, it's going to be. It's every. I mean, there's everything. no reason it shouldn't be everywhere. Yeah. They they have the developer support that no other platform has right now. They're, it uh, only gets announced... better with all of these different devices out there. Yeah, they they announced over two thousand skills as of this week that are that are available. I mean, even if. Uh, Apple and Google were to like hardcore spin up today. There's no way they catch them yeah. anytime soon, you know. And and especially with the just the volume of things that are that are coming out over this year that are also going to have Alexa baked in. Uh, I mean, I saw a uh, a pin that you wear on your shirt. It almost looked like a Star Trek communicator. And the idea was that you bought a second one. Wait, wait, wait. I was expecting Fisher. Mr. Mobile. That's right. I thought door. Fisher was going to burst yeah. in. His ears just perked up really hard. <laughs> uh, that you can use as like a... <laughs> or you just like hear a, like, chirp, chirp. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a two-way radio with uh, with your spouse, basically. Right. But it also had Alexa built in, which Sounds was like nuts. a really bad idea. To yeah, bring. yeah. Modern dad does not approve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all generally get the, the far-reaching... 
prospects of Amazon. It's not. I mean, it's not going to stop. No. And once again, I mean, Google's been behind. I wrote that editorial a year and a half ago, I think. Which one? About just how far ahead Amazon was with this and, and where the hell is Google. And that hasn't changed, even with... the hell was that? He had crumbs. Did you, did you have crumbs on your laptop? On his laptop. <laughs> Derek just turned his laptop okay, sideways. You act like you've never had crumbs on your laptop. You no, like I mean... You, you act like you've never dropped food on my laptop. Oh, oh, that's on true. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's... It's still just amazing to me that you have companies like Apple and Google that are still that far behind. For as good as they are at what they do, Mm -hmm. Amazon came in and just killed it. I think the most amazing thing here is that Apple and Google were in a position, or you know, uh, respective positions, where they already owned their own markets. Yep. Yep. And so this this probably didn't seem like a challenge. They didn't have to fight for it, right? Yeah. And And now they do. Yeah. Now it's now it's going to be a fight, and it's going to be a fight for. At least a year. I mean, this is this is not going to go away. Anytime it's going to cost them a lot of development money. This yeah, is, absolutely. This is the new platform war. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, I, and, and it's all voice. Start I mean, writing that editorial right now. And that's one-handed because the Rice Krispie. Is, I'm, well, I'm still waiting for Cortana and everything to come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah well, I mean, notice how none of us even thought to mention that. And that is happening. Yeah, uh, Microsoft is behind and actually getting this out, but Cortana is actually incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is really powerful and kind of underappreciated because it's built into Windows 10 and Windows phones. Is there something to be said for for the, a third-party advantage there then? Because Alexa's not built into anything that's not Amazon, but look how far ahead it is. I mean, Cortana, mm-hmm. you can put Cortana on Android. You can put... Um, we already had two uh, Cortana-powered cars right. announced. Uh, I believe it's Nissan and BMW are going to put Cortana in their cars. Uh, and that's just the first step. And they're following that same sort of path as Amazon is, where it's going to be available to plug into all sorts of things. I think Harman is even making a speaker that's mm. going to do it. Uh, and it's available on the Xbox? Yeah. But right now, as far as things that you will presumably be able to get. It's worth noting, 99% of this stuff is not available yet. Yep. It doesn't have a price or a release date. Yeah. But Amazon does have this combined front here, where when you talk about voice assistance, like you said, it's the new platform in that when somebody buys an Echo, when they go to buy another smart, you know, talk to it, whatever they think, assistant type thing, they're just going to get another thing that has Alexa on it. Yeah. And... Where the, where can they go? They go to Alexa continually because it's going to be in all of this diverse set of things. You know, sure, they're not going to go buy a brand new LG refrigerator that costs $9,000 or something like that because it has Alexa in it. But when they're making that car buying decision in two years or three years or they go to buy another connected speaker or whatever portable speaker or whatever, they're going to have plenty of choices or just they want a cheaper version for their second Echo. They go buy a Lenovo one that costs $129. Right. And all Google can say right now, well, we'll talk about the Shield TV in a minute, but at the moment, all Google can say is, why don't you buy another of the exact same Google Home speaker that really isn't applicable, you know, can't go toe-to-toe with all of these different experiences that Alexa's offering. Let's change gears I'm I'm back and forth between what I think is the next coolest thing I saw this week, but I think the new BlackBerry actually wins out. In terms Hashtag of, the new BlackBerry. Yeah, because it doesn't have a name yet, right? True. 
And it's hashtag the new BlackBerry. That's all that's plastered all over these ads. It doesn't I, have a name. It doesn't have specs. I know the Windows yeah, people are freaking out price. at this point because we're we, not talking Windows, but that's next, I think. We will be, there's a lot of Windows stuff to talk about. Just keep listening. Uh, we'll skip ahead, maybe. We'll, we'll get to it. Don't skip ahead. No, but I, I think... back and re-listen to the I think a new BlackBerry with a keyboard is a big deal Yeah. in the mobile space. And I say this as an old-time Palm user, which is keyboard, keyboard, keyboard. Uh, and somebody who uses or any other kind at this point, <laughs> there are there's no kind of palm anymore. Yeah. Well, there was a, yeah. Okay. Uh, amusingly, the company that is making Blackberries, TCL, also owns the palm trademark. Yep. Mm. Not they're not doing anything with it, but they own it. Separate from the fact that LG owns WebOS. Yes, which is an entirely different <laughs> thing. It's very complicated and it makes me sad and I cry at night. But I used the uh, BlackBerry Priv. Their first Android phone, I really liked it, but it still had some compromises. I think the keyboard cannot be as good as it could be because of the design choices that they made with going with a slider like that. I haven't gotten to try the so-called BlackBerry Mercury, but from just what I see of it, it feels like it should be able to solve some of those problems. Well, I just, uh, I happen to have seen such a phone. You have? Typed, on, typed on such a keyboard, he actually. Gets. Uh, and I have also used a priv. Didn't have one on me because, come on. But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love I love the priv, but I eventually got to the point where I was like I can't use this anymore. Yeah, exactly. But so the interesting thing is, so there's this weird relationship between TCL and BlackBerry, the actual company based in Canada. Wow. Um, but this. So we have the DTEC 50 and the DTEC 60, which is in this weird gray area, middle ground, when they were transitioning this this thing. The Mercury, or, you know, the artist formerly known as Mercury, has it has true BlackBerry DNA in it. It's when you touch the keyboard, you feel the hardware. It doesn't even, it doesn't feel like somebody else made this. Is this a BlackBerry design? Or is it a... This uh, is TCL, TCL all design. the way. Okay. <laughs> BlackBerry, the company uh, in Canada... Yes. I mean, that's this is that's why it's this is just tough to explain. But <clears throat> BlackBerry, the original BlackBerry, still makes the software, and they still handle the security stuff. They're very proud of that. Right. And they still handle, of course, all the enterprise management and all that stuff. But TCL designs, builds, markets, sells the phone. Now, let's talk about the layout of this phone, though. It's So, if you think about a priv, where you push the screen up, and then it's stuck that way. And you push the screen up, and there's a keyboard. But it's not super tall. But it's not as tall as a priv, because they made the screen smaller. Which is necessary, because if you left a priv stuck up all the time, it's 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 insane, insanely tall. So, this is the same height as the DTEC 60, which I think is a five and a half inch phone. Nobody has a DTEC 60, they don't care. No. But it's the same height as that, but of course the screen is much smaller, and because it's a you know a rectangle, when you shrink it down it gets narrow. So it's narrow, so the keyboard is a little narrow, but it's still better than the Priv because it's not in this scooped out section that had to slide underneath something. I mean, the Priv is novel from like a Oh my god, we're back to vertical sliding. Oh my god, it's a keyboard on the slider. But this this does make a little more sense. It's not as wide and easy. I mean, I haven't used it for more than an hour, but it's it's not as easy to type on, it seems, as some of the older Blackberries. 
But on the flip side, you get a big screen and a usable operating system. So I think that's totally worth it. Now, here's the problem. They haven't said anything about this phone. It's one thing to not know the name. I don't even know the screen size. Because if you had to guess? I would guess it's about four and a half. Do they okay. not let you put another phone up next to it? Mm-hmm. Well, I can, but I can't tell it because it, the proportions are weird. Oh, I see. Because I the see. bottom quarter of the phone is a keyboard, you don't get a feel. Like That's why I say it's the same height as a five and a half inch phone, but there's a keyboard in the bottom, so you don't know. So we don't know what's inside of it, but it does feel like a BlackBerry. They haven't, they're, they're doing the typical BlackBerry thing. They're not going for the thinnest or the smallest bezels or anything like that, but it's solid. It's a little thicker than most, but it doesn't matter because it has a nice rubberized back. It ha- I mean, come on. It has a physical keyboard on it. This isn't about being space efficient with your hardware. Hang on. We have a Rice Krispie update. It's, it's almost tough. gone. <laughs> wait, wait, wait for it. Too faster. This is radio. All right, we're going to pretend it's gone. Continue, yeah, Andrew. Gone. So, it, <laughs> okay, it's gone. The, the impressive thing to me is that it feels like a BlackBerry. They're still talking about how the DTEK60 is the higher-end phone in this lineup, which is very weird because the DTEK60 doesn't feel like a high-end phone to me in the way that the Mercury does even. But either way, as somebody who hasn't held it, anybody may speak up here, but Derek's already spoken. I've also not held it. I know, I I know you haven't. What, like, can you get excited? So, Russell, you like the Priv. Yeah, I was a big fan. Can you get excited about something knowing that it, so this isn't going to be their flagship phone, presumably. They say that the DTEK60 is a flagship, and this is potentially slotted underneath it or alongside it. Yeah, I mean, uh, virtual keyboards are still kind of a dumpster fire. Um, and, and I really liked typing on the Priv, so I could I could get behind that. And this is this is definitely a better layout than the Priv. Yeah, and you know you, you still get the neat BlackBerry tricks, the the capacitive uh, keyboard. You can you know run your finger across. They even built um, a thumbprint reader into the. There's space, a thumbprint uh, reader space in the spacebar. Uh, you know I, all the photos that I saw that you took, and after talking to you after using it, uh, my only real complaint with the phone visually uh, is that. Uh, there's there's a uh, space in between the top of the keyboard and the display where they put capacitive navigation buttons. Wait, those mm. are capacitive? Yeah. yeah. That's not mm. the screen. That's not no, the screen. Oh, no. Mm. It's like it's 2012. Which means BlackBerry keyboards uh, predictive text thing for hardware where it floats up above on the display. Above. It's going to be above the capacitive oh, buttons. Oh, no. If this they is... do that. And and so that was like, it, it I, I does, looked at it and that it was does my only do issue. It does still give you the predictions on screen. Yeah, that's that's oh, bothersome. That's, that's disappointing. Yeah, because there's there's now a gap that's basically your thumb Why hitting those hitting those buttons by accident. And then, so at the same time, like it looks cool, and you look at pictures of it, and you're like, oh, BlackBerry. But then you think, well, what if this comes out with not so great a processor? What if they Kind of crap up the camera, which the, you know the priv, the priv was didn't have a great camera, an above average camera, and that was about it. Yeah, you know how much how bad do you want that keyboard when there? Here's the thing, though, about tons of other phones. We know exactly keyboard. how bad people want that keyboard. Yeah, and, and a, a subsection of people want it real bad. About that, you know, the the processor, it, the, my priv ran hot. Mm. All anytime you barely pushed it, it got warm. If I if I charged it wirelessly, it got hot. 
That was uh, hashtag A10 problems, though. Yeah. Uh, and But even then, the amount of processor that was needed in that, or that was available in that phone, for what most people do with it was more than they'll need. Sure. If that has a lower 600 series Snapdragon processor in it, it's still probably going to be just There's a great possibility this has a 625. Right? Right. If it was a 625, it, and we've seen plenty of phones running 625 that have run very well. And right. I, I don't think this is a Quad HD display. Yeah, with, with a screen the size that you're saying it is 1080p or even yeah. 720-something. Oh, the well, iPhone, let's the keep iPhone it has a 720-something well. screen, and it's, it's, it's fine. <sighs> they sell a crap ton of them uh, sure. because they're fine. I mean, there's... I think that's a good point, though. People might want to temper just a little bit. I mean, people are high on this. Yeah. I get it. I have touched it, and I, I think that it's it looks really interesting, but get ready for this to possibly come out with a Snapdragon 625, 3 gigs of RAM, and a, just a moderate camera. And, and then, as long and as then, that happens you know, for, without, like... Of without a really high price tag, which was another problem that that the Priv had. It right. was expensive. Was it, it was an expensive. Phone. So before we move on, because we're just talking about BlackBerry a ton, and uh, that's what happens when but, BlackBerry happens. So TCL or so BlackBerry is positioning this as they're they're not even talking about a consumer buying situation right no. now. They're talking about in the U.S. anyway. Let's. Make sure the carriers like us, which TCL uh, makes Alcatel phones, and they love to make deals with carriers for cheap phones that they can customize how they want and sell them. And the second part of it is making sure that enterprises don't move on from Blackberries. And the Priv did not do that. I don't think the DTEC 50 and 60 do that. No. They're hoping that they can, with, with the combination of, you strike a big deal with Verizon, and you start getting a couple of big companies on board buying 15,000 of these things, you know, that's where they are starting starting their position. They're not looking at, oh, we're going to try to sell this unlocked online for $450 on Amazon and do that. That That's just not going to work for this phone, especially not at the start. This is going to be the BlackBerry Red exclusively on Verizon <laughs> with a backpack full of uh, bloatware. See, I don't know about that as much as on the back-end deals. But... I might get it in red regardless. <laughs> <laughs> the bloatware, okay, I'll deal with it. That'd be beautiful in red. So other than enterprise-focused uh, mobile device management, Phil, yeah, why don't you get us back on track here? Oh, I, I mean, you're on MDM. We're good now. So there was that. That just brings the ladies crawling the podcast. Right. Right oh yeah, absolutely. he's actually putting his shirt back on. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's point for Andrew. There's a whole lot that we don't know about the black yes, and, and it's a marketing genius move to do yeah. this at CES. Absolutely, the, the world's media is here, and we're clamoring for the next BlackBerry hype. But there's another company that's really trying to get attention, and that's Honor. Oh yep. yeah, tell me about the Honor magic. Ooh. I was just reaching over to grab this other thing that I'm not as interested about. So I will I will prefer to talk about the Honor Magic because <clears throat> we were at the event for the Honor 6X, which is a far less interesting phone. And afterward, at a little corner of the demo area, had a phone that they already announced, but only in China. What was this three, four weeks ago they announced it? Yeah. Called the Honor Magic. And so... <sighs> I can't even look at this thing. He's <laughs> tossing a 6X. Yeah, the, the Honor 6X just tossed it across the room. Out the window. Um, 
So in the U.S., people know Honor phones. The Honor 5X was super cheap, uh, low-end phone. The Honor 6X that just came out is just the newer version of that. And the Honor 8, which is a nice mid-range phone that kind of had some high-end stuff going on. So the Honor Magic is this crazy other thing that is not... It's like it was made by a different part of the company, which it very well could have. The hardware is completely different. It's um, sleek and interesting, and it has this kind of 3D curved glass on both sides, and has all this cool stuff going on. And the software, which is the thing that we complain about the most on Honor Huawei phones, and I think justifiably so, is completely different. They just have this different route, and it's kind of under this weird umbrella of it's AI focused and it looks at how you use the phone and it reacts to all these sensors and all that stuff. I don't care about any of that because it's kind of weird and it, you know, guys, we don't care about that. But the rest of the software, it's like toned back, clean. It's designed to look really great on this screen and match the hardware. And I'm like, you look at this at the same time as the Honor 6X, which is just how can you get excited about it? And you're like, how is this the same company makes the Honor Magic? Sure, higher end phone and all that. But and then the Honor 6X, which is just like it's just the most forgettable piece of hardware that I'm sure will sell well because it's $250 and has, you know, a couple of features. But it's just kind of crazy to me that these come out of the same company. And that's that's why we kind of we look at stuff like especially like Phil was talking about the Mate 9, really nice high end phone. And then this stuff comes out of honor. And then you have the stuff that they actually put out in the market, like the 6X. Not inspiring. You know what I'm watching right now? What are you watching right now? Somebody in a T-Rex suit doing the American Ninja Warrior course. <laughs> I'm glad you're committed to this podcast. I'm super Phil. glad you decided yeah. to share that with us. Thanks, Phil. I mean, that was really just my comment on the other 6X. I'm not even talking about the Honor 6X. Same. Yeah, that's not there. There are there's a lot that happens at CES that's not worth even writing about, and there are things that we wrote about that aren't going to make it onto this podcast. You can check out all of it on our websites. They all have pages at slash yeah. CES dash twenty seventeen for everything that we've written. Mm-hmm. But on this, we're going to talk about the cool stuff. Yeah, about two days ago when we started this podcast, I mentioned <laughs> the third thing that I thought was interesting, but I actually think it was the the second most interesting thing to me. Was all the stuff at Razer? Because yes. yes. that's kind of outside my comfort zone. I'm not a, a PC gamer, and Razer very went, much a culture I'm not a part of. Razer went, but holy shit, that stuff is cool. You know, so cool. So here's the thing: and unless you followed Razer closely, uh, and not a lot of people, especially in this particular group, do or have. Uh, this is Razer's deal. They've never done it at CES before, mm-hmm. but they are all about going. Hey, we did a prototype for this thing. Yeah. And it's a crazy future thing that doesn't exist yet, but we're putting it out there to see what you guys think and to give us some feedback, and maybe at some point later, we'll turn it into a real thing. And they've done that a couple of times. And not just one thing That's why the Razer Core exists. Yeah, that's why the... uh, What's what's the Core? The Razer Core is a a GPU attachment. You can connect it to like a, 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 a less powerful laptop. Right. And plug in a desktop graphics card. Gotcha. And yeah. that, that laptop now becomes like a desktop yes. quality game. I know half yeah. the people listening just shook their heads, but I'm not part of that. Space. No, it, it, yeah. they also did that fun. with uh, the Razer Edge. Yeah. They're, they're 
it's a Windows tablet, but like full powered gaming tablet. Right, but they really had like two holy shit moments. Yeah, yeah. So they this is the first year that they've taken they they've waited and brought their prototype ideas to CES and shown them off. Like instead of just a cool YouTube video, which is what they've been before, Mm -hmm. these are like full hands on demos that that. You guys have gotten to see. I've only yes. gotten to see one. I I, got, I haven't gotten to see the other. I saw the other one, so we can talk about it. Okay, cool. And you so, start off. All right. So the first one is called Project Valerie. And it is essentially a Razor Blade Pro, which is a 17-inch laptop. It's a big laptop. It's a big laptop. In and of itself. Yeah. Uh, and it has everything that the Razor Blade Pro already has. Mechanical keyboard, Core i7, up to 64 gigs of RAM, SSD and hard drive inside of it. But here's the thing. That 17-inch 4K screen is just one of three 17-inch 4K How do they unfurl? I didn't see that. They slide in behind the main screen. Huh. And when they are deployed, and they've set up an automatic deployment thing, we did, didn't get to see that in action. Are they Alexa-powered? They are not Alexa-powered. So I mean, they, it's a motorized? They, they wouldn't say. Okay. Uh, it has to be, because it has to pull it back in. So Unless it's like a, I'm willing to bet it's not. But that's a lot of overhead, and then you push they, them back. Yeah, yeah. They pull out your own screen. No, because they slide out, but then they're also on these hinges that pull forward, and then bring them closer to the. How desert. much do you want to bet that that's nobody actually? They don't even know. Well, but that's the thing. That's the whole so, point yeah. behind these things. <laughs> yeah, they're, well, just, they had, they're just concepts. We're yeah, just going to try had, stuff out. They yeah, had uh, essentially two different versions of this that we saw. There was uh, the design prototype, which is here's what this looks like when it's done and the functional mechanical bits of it. But then there was also the functional computing prototype, which actually had the screens on rails sliding in and out. Uh, didn't look as good, but it was really functional. And I got to actually sit down and play Battlefield 1 on this three-screen, what works out to 45 inches of 12 Yeah, is it too game. wide? I mean... For gaming, no. Really? Because when you get down there, you, you're, it's all in your peripherals. Right. right. And you're picking that up in a way that you can't on that, on a regular 17-inch... 16 by 9 display. What kills me is that somebody sat down and saw, uh, was it Acer's curved Predator laptop? Right. Someone at Razer sat down and went, well, this is stupid. we got a way better way to do (laughs) this. And and this laptop is a, the the Acer's 21-inch laptop, which they finally announced a price for. That's dumb. $9,000 as a starting price. Whole buckets of money. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. That one has a 21-inch screen. 21-inch curved screen. 21-inch curved screen on a laptop. It's enormous. You could get five smart patio umbrellas for that. (laughs) (laughs) That thing is packing, like, dual desktop-grade GPUs inside. It's a a portable desktop is what it is. It's not portable. It's... Well, I mean, it's portable in the fact that you can pick up... I feel like my my desktop... I could pick up my desktop and move it but that thing, the screen on it is just an ultra-wide 1080p screen. Right. Razer's has three 4K screens. Yeah. It's a ton of pixels. And, and it's still able to push all that with ease. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm playing Battlefield 1. Brand new game. Superb graphics. And it's probably not the highest of detail. We didn't dive deep into it because it's still just an engineering prototype. But it was still incredibly impressive to be playing it across that. It's not just for gaming. Razer's la- Razer is a gaming laptop company. Right. But their gaming laptops are not these hideously styled, overly no. aggressive In things. many ways, they've, they've started to out-design Apple yeah, they've when made, it comes to their laptops. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mark Wim, our video editor on Windows Central, uses a Razer Blade as his gaming machine. 
and a side or not, it's a gaming machine. It's edit, video editing machine. For him, that is gaming. Yeah, he, that's how he gets. <laughs> he doesn't have life. fun. Uh, but aside from just like the chroma lights, which he has just set on a very slow rainbow cycle, just because he can, and the green razor logo on the back, it's just a black aluminum laptop. And the razor blade, or sorry, the razor's Project Ariana. When you have the screens slut slid in, it's a black aluminum laptop with a, with a very thick lid, because there are three 4K screens stacked in there. But it's just this sort of mind blowing thing that I have zero need for, <laughs> but I want one so bad. I want to take it to Starbucks. No, see, and you're the kind of person that is going to ruin this. <laughs> I, I want to take it to Starbucks and set up on one of those little two by one tables. Yeah. And just fold it into the no, aisle. You're going to be the person that's going to sit on an airplane. I'm going to sit on an airplane yeah. and put yeah. it yeah. into my You're going to sit at the center. You're going to intentionally buy a center seat on an airplane. I don't want it in the aisle. Come just on. Just so you can <laughs> open it all up. I'll put a movie on either side. But the, you messed up. Fellow uh, you called it Project Ariana. Oh, right. I did. This is Project Valerie because yeah. there is also Project Ariana. Project Ariana And is... I saw this. I, I walked in this blind. I didn't know yeah. anything about Razor or Chroma. And Chroma makes total sense. I mean, that, that wasn't hard to understand. A series of accessories, basically. No, that's an extension of Chroma. And, Chroma has, for several years, just been their la their lighting system. Right. In their keyboards. Their keyboards. Right, yeah. So. And they are extending that to various other smart home accessories. Everything. Like Philips, Everything. Philips, yeah, Philips light bulbs, they're opening up an open SDK yep. that you can plug that stuff into your Chroma system through Razer's Synapse app. And We should, really quickly, Chroma, uh, if, if you don't know, is... The, the lighting system that Razer uses, it was originally on their keyboards, and it was it was more than just a backlit keyboard, and right. it's more than just a color backlit keyboard. It started out as something where users could define colors for the, the keyboard on their own, which was cool because you could set rainbow patterns and stuff. But then they started figuring out that what users really wanted was individual lit keys for, like, WSAD mm -hmm. or, you know, specific key combinations for, uh, for attacks in games. Uh, or, or uh, you know, meta functions and stuff. It was, you know, really intricate the way that you could go in and customize it. And then they took it one step further and made it so that actions in specific games that had partnered with Razer would have different lighting effects on the keyboard. Uh, you know, so when you got hit uh, in, in a game, you know, red would flash across the keyboard and stuff like that. It was really kind of dynamic. Yeah. Uh, but it was just limited to this. And so Chroma is the extension into... Other keyboard, accessories. Mouse, I'm trying to remember all the things the, I yeah, saw. The keyboard, mouse pad, mouse, pad, mouse, the, yeah, the mouse. Uh, coffee mug, Philips lights, Philips Hue lights. Yeah. So in a couple of weeks, uh, gonna, they had uh, lasers the that weren't working when I was in there, but but it'll shoot lasers down. Yeah. So Ariana, wicked lasers for that. Ariana is a projector that works in tandem with this. They had a huge wall-mounted display, you know, like a TV essentially, probably I don't know, forty inches in there, maybe. Okay. Um, and Ariana projects outside of that display space. Interesting. And it's it's I don't know what you'd call it. It's it's a little blurry, so it's not like it's competing with the display with what okay. you're focusing on. It it augments it. Yeah, it's like an extension. Yeah, it, it's an extension. So so like if you're playing a first person shooter and you've you know you, you see the gun and you see the arms, the arms extend out of the display onto the wall. But Whoa. they're they're a little blurry, but but still totally visible. It was cool as hell. It was absolutely seamless. It calibrates to the screen mm -hmm. uh, when they set it up, and I mean it was just amazing. It was this 
just totally immersive experience that I really liken almost to VR. I mean, it's a different experience. Well, it's, it's another I, kind of immersion. Yeah. They it, call it like pre-VR. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't even call it pre, though. Well, and so the way that they had this demo room set up, it was, it was this impressive combination of hue lights on either sides of the walls that were behind you. Yep. Uh, and then this this projector, all and this so ambient light. There's ambient light to to your periphery, and then the the kind of blurred from the projector, and then the the focused image from the television, all working together. So it, it's simultaneously overwhelming and not right. Yeah, and if you well, and it, it's it's overwhelming. I think it's more overwhelming from. Uh, the the perspective of someone sitting and watching. Sure. If you're actually playing, yeah, like, then, it's then you're focused be, on the display. Yeah, it's got to be you know totally focusing. And your and we didn't even mention the sound. I mean, they had a really good sound system in there too. So you get that not just the sound, but the feeling of the sound as mm-hmm. well. Um, and and the guys I was talking to from Razer, he said, look, I mean, for as cool as this is, the biggest problem is convincing your wife that you need a space to do this in. And he, he's totally right because yeah. it's absolutely like like the laptop. And it's the same problem with VR. That yeah, it's, it's totally unnecessary, but ridiculously cool. But here's the thing. like, There is nothing stopping Razer from saying, hey, this is an open SDK, which, which they're already going to do with parts of Chroma. Sure. Um, but you know, to, to if, if uh, Ariana becomes a real thing, opening up that SDK and then partnering with uh, movie studios. Yep. And so specific movies come out that are you know, Ariana you know, capable you you then have a home theater system where you know the the next action movie or the next you know uh, uh, Marvel movie you know is now filling you know your entire periphery and that's something I've wanted for for uh, a long time from the Hue bulbs you know being able to take the the Philips Hue smart bulbs that are already all throughout my house and have them run with what I'm watching on the television and, and Philips already has that technology they use they've been doing Ambilight TVs for a they, decade they did it on their televisions but they never extended it beyond anything else yeah and so yeah I, I think that you know Razer could and it makes sense it's tricky because they don't necessarily know where the lights are positioned yeah and yeah. originally I thought that it was a latency thing but watching what Razer was doing with these, oh, yeah. these hue bulbs I mean it was instant and it was yeah. really well done now did you or you actually look at the projector itself it's a weird looking projector it's, a, it's, it's weird looking, looking but it's the best looking projector I've ever it's seen it's very oh, yeah. nice looking yeah. yeah it's 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 all uh, glossy white uh, all across the top of it it's, it's these uh, there's no no single edge. Like, it's yeah. all kind of sweeping, uh, you know, curved... Uh, it's like a manta ray. Yeah. And then at the the front of it, there's just a single kind of aluminum ring uh, for, you know, and the lens is kind of tucked inside of it. It was very polished looking. I want one. I actually, I want, like, two, but... That's that's a lot. There's re- yeah, I'm mean, not the only one who plays games. There's it's really cool. nothing else to say about it. Like you have to, you have to experience that. It's kind of like Vive in that you have to experience it. And so, I have. Yeah. I uh, I grabbed a 360 degree video of the demonstration, uh, which will be on the Windows Central YouTube channel by the time you are hearing this podcast. So go check it out. Uh, and if you have uh, VR goggles or even just uh, like Google Cardboard or something, then you can get a pretty good feel for it that way, too. It is impressive as hell. Now, Razer came out with these crazy concepts of stuff that maybe someday they could make. There were a whole bunch of other PC announcements. Mm-hmm. That, that's stuff that's actually happening. Uh, and the, the, the big star of the show was Echo and Amazon Alexa. Yep. Sorry, was the big public star of the show. But I think 
the quieter star of the show, or the quieter success, would be Thunderbolt 3. That's such a Derek thing to say. It is such a Derek <laughs> thing to say. But practically... As we both use new MacBook Pros, yeah. that we have to live this life. Practically every laptop that was announced, and a lot of the, the all-in-ones even, had Thunderbolt 3 ports. That comes because they have the new KB Lake processors from Intel. But... That's they're all embracing this standard. Known as USB-C, yes. the connector. Yeah, it's USB-C connector with Thunderbolt 3 protocol. And it can push 40 gigabits per second through a single port and power. So what does that mean to me? It what means can I do that it? if you get, say, the brand new ThinkPad X1 laptop, they dropped both... Or the X1 tablet, or the, or X1, the X1 Yoga. Yoga. They dropped the proprietary power connector port and the proprietary dock connector. So now you can go home, sit down, and say you want to hook it up to a bigger monitor and your keyboard and an external mouse, and you're going to plug in with Ethernet and maybe have an external set of speakers. You can do this all with one cable to a dock. And it'll charge the laptop. And it'll charge it the laptop. Does this mean I have to jump on board with the, the hashtag dongle life? No, because unlike the MacBook Pros, which have just these ports, <laughs> almost every one of these laptops still has... USB-A and HDMI out, and all the other ports that you know and love and still have things that plug into. See, this is how grown-ups behave. I know. <laughs> the, the only laptop that doesn't, didn't was the uh, XPS 13 2-in-1, and it has just USB-C ports. But it was built to be a smaller 2-in-1. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that was the other thing that really stood out, is everybody, with the exception of Razer, made their laptops smaller and thinner, and just eliminated bezels all the way around. Well, and Razer has small, thin, yeah. mostly bezel-free machines with the Razer but Stealth. and Even more so than usual. Like, Dell's Infinity uh, Edge. Dell's gone banana balls with the, the yeah, Infinity they, display. They, like Their Infinity Edge display is in that they cut out the bezel on the top and the sides and make it it's millimeters thick. And now LG's on board with that. Samsung is on board with it. Dell is expanding that to more of their product line. And it's just, say, the uh, new ThinkPad X1 Carbon. There you go. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Sorry, there's so many laptops running around inside my head right now. 14-inch laptop. They now say it's the size, essentially, of a 13-inch laptop. They brought in their old, old, quote-unquote, year-old ThinkPad X1 from last year. Set it down. I picked up the old one, put it put it on top of it. It fits inside it in every dimension. They they've made a conscious effort just to shrink down the footprint of every one of these laptops because people responded really well to what Dell's done with the Infinity Edge displays mm -hmm. because they're gorgeous. Of course, it helps that the screen itself is really good. And yeah, even in, even if you get a low end version yeah. of that discrete the display from Dell, it looks really nice. But when you when you pay for the 4K One of the, the 4K version, it's incredible. Yeah. And everybody's offering now 1080p and 4K versions of all these things. And they're just absolutely phenomenal. The way that PC laptop manufacturers have upped their game in the past couple of years, to the point where I'm picking up a ThinkPad and going, I can live with this. This is really nice. Look at that track point, and look at that extra set of buttons. Yeah. So trackpad. But, but Don't make fun of the eraser nub. Does the I, move I to... Uh... To like the mimicking the infinity display mean that we now have what's what's essentially going to be a generation of weird boob cameras? No, 
Lenovo, Lenovo specifically did not want that, yeah. and their camera is still on the top. Their camera is still on the top. The Dell and LG are the only ones that have done the super thin top bezel. Everybody else is still putting the camera up top where it belongs. They've managed to shrink down. The Which already looks up your nose enough because it's a laptop. Yeah, but they've managed to shrink that down. At least down it's not down by the hinge. But they, it's at least in the right spot. Um, and we're seeing a lot of just wholesale updates of these laptops bringing uh, KB Lake processors and just ridiculously quoted battery life. Like the uh, XPS 13 is supposed to get 15 hours of battery life. The same with the X1 Carbon. And the X1 Carbon gets 15 hours. Even though it's a it's a quarter pound lighter than last year's. I mean, this is like aggressive yeah. re-engineering of your line a year after you just made something that was already way better than the year before. Right. And even the LG Gram, which came out last year, it was the world's thinnest, lightest 14-inch laptop. This year, they're, they're, they've expanded it since to a 13 to 15-inch range. This year, they updated the entire range. It's just a tad thicker than last year, but they did that so they could fit in 50% more battery. The battery's not 50% larger, but the power density of the batteries that they're putting in these things is so extreme that they now have a laptop that is 980 grams, and, oh, I don't even have the What's that in freedom units, Derek? 2.13 pounds. It's under a kilogram. How about that? And is 0.61 inches thick. And they're estimating 17 hours of battery life out of this thing. What's the meltdown quotient? The what? <laughs> the possibility of it turning into a Note 7 with that much density. I mean, that's always a possibility with these things. Uh, that's actually something worth pointing out. I, we did go to the Samsung press event. Samsung didn't announce any Android things or any Windows things. Actually, I'll take that back. Samsung did announce Windows things. Uh, they finally announced their first gaming laptops. No. Yes. You don't get to call them gaming laptops. Their first gaming laptop line. Yeah, okay. The Odyssey. The notebook. Their first laptop with uh, an LED panel in the keyboard. Yeah. But definitely not with hardware that competes with what Dell and Alien. It is a mid range gaming laptop. It's it's a mid range colorful LED bucket. Yeah. Weird. Uh, And this is Samsung's first take on it. It is, thankfully, at least not aggressively styled on that stuff. Uh, and they also announced the new version of the Notebook 9, which is a super thin, super very nice light, laptop. Uh, very nice laptop. But they also didn't announce anything Android. In fact, we went to their press event, and they went up on stage, and it was a Samsung I've never seen before. In the first 20 seconds, they apologized for the Note 7. Yes. It's Good. about goddamn time. Yeah. I'll cut that out. No, don't. No. But that's ridiculous. It is January 2017. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah, so they, they went out and Carry on. They, they apologized for it. They were humble about it. They acknowledged that they made a mistake. They didn't say what the mistake was. They say they're still working They're still working on their report, and they're going to actually release publicly in, I think, the next couple of weeks or months what, what actually went wrong, because it's a complex engineering problem, no matter what anybody... Who thinks they know? And how it's a complex make. legal problem. Yes, I, I get, I get the frustration and the anger over the way they handled it, and I don't think they necessarily handled it all correctly. I think they should have thought about the complex legal problem when they re-released the same exact phone right. and said that it was safe. Right, but that's where their legal problem sure. is. 
Yeah, so this was a Samsung unlike any I've ever seen before. Yeah. And they Samsung had to lead with that. I mean, if they're going to yeah. do it. And Samsung took some barbs. I believe it was Huawei, or maybe it was Honor. They're, are, they're same, the same company. Same company. Uh, went up on stage and threw some well-deserved barbs in Samsung's direction. They called Samsung a second-tier manufacturer. Which that was, was a bit bit far. That's Yeah, that's, that's way tough. beyond far. Yeah. When they announced a phone running Marshmallow with a micro-USB port on the bottom. Well, that's what happens when you aren't pushing the boundaries too far. Uh, but Double or nothing, man. Yeah. And so e- even then, you know, I think the entire industry has learned a lot from that note debacle. It's not just phone manufacturers and it's not just big phone manufacturers. Because these lithium-ion batteries are in everything. Science is hard. I have four of them on me right now. Two phones, a laptop. Sitting a, on top of him, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and, and a wrist watch that I have to charge every day. And I, I think I'm, it's I'm good. looking around my room, and I'm seeing, or around this room, and I see well over two dozen. Granted, there are five of us in here, we're all tech Two dozen? Yeah. You're way higher than that. I said over. over. He's got two dozen strapped to his body right yeah, now. Way yeah. over. Anyway. And these lithium-ion batteries are everywhere. And they are all walking fire hazards. Our devices are engineered such that they are greatly reducing the risk of that. But you apply the wrong kind of stress to this device, you puncture it in the wrong way, or you puncture it at all, and you're risking you know, having a little pocket ball. And we saw that it's happened before with every phone that's ever been released. There are always defective units. There are always people who plug it in with a terrible charger and then leave it charging underneath their pillow while they're sleeping and it gets too hot to burst <laughs> in the flames. And it makes news every year because it's an iPhone. Is that how boomerangs happen? Wow, that's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how boomerangs happen. And But, you know, obviously the Note 7 was far bigger than this. But it's a huge lesson for everybody in the industry yeah. about being... You, know, you can be aggressive when pushing the bounds of technology, but sometimes you need to step back and ask yourself, are we pushing too hard? That That's kind of been the theme for me, of, of not just the CES, but a lot of, but, but especially this year, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Right. Not everything needs to be connected. Not everything needs to be smart. But then Asus has a phone with a 5.1 inch display and a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Yep. And two cameras. And two cameras. And Snapdragon... Ooh, who turned the lights on? It's midnight. The lights cycle on. And oh, they did that up. last night, too. It freaked me out. Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. yeah we, we were sitting in here. We're like, what? Did I lean up again? No, no. It just cycled. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. Bust out some proton packs, fun. man. <laughs> and we and should, Snapdragon 625. This yes. thing's going to last forever. Yes. Are we talking about Asus now? Or you yes. Guys? Okay. We, we can bounce back and forth. It's cool. Crazy. And... Asus usually has a strong CES. Can we talk about what the name of this phone is? Yeah, Zenfone 3 Zoom. Yeah. Oh, wait, is the 3 actually in there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why? What is well, because the first one was the Zenfone Zoom. There was no Zenfone 2 Zoom. Right. Even though, the Zen- even though it was released coinciding with the Zenfone 2 line. And generally the same phone except for the camera. Anyway, it's a Zenfone 3 Zoom because it's supposed to be part of the line of Zenfone 3 Zenfone 3 Deluxe. Simon's asleep. Or so, 
Anyway, <laughs> so Asus usually has a pretty strong CES because nobody else really announces these high on phone, high-ish end phones. Mm-hmm. You know, usually getting an Honor Six X or something. And Derek, I know Derek has a little smile on his face because the last end phone zoom was something you took a liking to, just from a I did from, a, a, an engineering standpoint. From an engineering and uniqueness standpoint, and um, and so they threw all that out. It made me so sad after they they delayed and delayed and yeah, really finally released that thing, and it was really cool. And then they said, eh, we're just going to do it like Apple does it. It was really cool and really kind of a turd. So in the new version, they just went, okay, we're going to have a long lens and a standard lens. And once you hit that medium point in zooming in the software, it just clicks over to the other one and zooms in. That sounds familiar. Hmm. And so, but it makes more, so when I, when I looked at it and I used it, I said, it makes more sense as a phone. Yeah. Okay. All that people want is every single time, anywhere you're in public, you see someone, they pull up their phone and they pinch and zoom on it mm-hmm. and they take this gross, blotchy, you know, watercolor painting looking thing. Yeah. And this solves that problem. That's exactly when why, they, that is exactly why Apple did that with the iPhone. Exactly. Phone. You pinch and zoom and it just slowly, you know, it does a little bit of digital and then it just picks up the other one. And, you know, they talked about how it's 20x Zoom or whatever, some stupid well, crap. Yeah, we throw digital in there. Yeah, of course. But the big thing is you can go from it's somewhere in the mid-20s millimeter mm-hmm. to mid-50s. It's like 25 and 55 or something. Yeah, your standard smartphone camera is usually around the 26 to 28 millimeter right. range. So uh, 22 and 57. Right? 22 and 57. Oh, so it's extra wide. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, and it lets them put an extra wide one in there because they have the long one. But right. anyway... So this makes more sense, and it doesn't get in the way of the fact that this phone is less than eight millimeters thick, mm-hmm. yet it has a five thousand milliamp hour battery in it, which is impressive as hell. And it's surprisingly nice and compact because it only has a five point one inch display in it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's ten eighty p. It's a nice feeling phone. So you're talking, and this isn't because this isn't a flagship. No, this has a Snapdragon six twenty five in it. Phil. Well, did your, your mother ever up. teach you how to pick your feet up when you walk across Yeah, the but she never went to CES. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day. Well, oh. this is the 50th year of CES, so you never know. And Phil's been at it since I was Comdex. Yeah. <laughs> but so the, the, the battery, like, they didn't just say this has a big battery in it. They gave some, some like, useful, practical applications. It's like uh, eight hours car. of uh, time lapse. Yeah. That uh, you can capture. Some crazy long amount of 4K video recording. And all kinds of stuff like that that, sure, people, you know, they'll That's say... That's the big deal, actually. You not, can have... Not a, time lapse, but 4K you, video. You can have talk time of 40 hours. It's like nobody takes a 40-hour phone call, you know, unless we were all recording a CES podcast. Some of it, phone. some of it, I think, too, is an Asian thing. Their sort of business-classy phones like this have to last forever. Yeah. And yeah. that's why we keep seeing yeah. 1080p displays... Huge batteries. Huawei and, and LG both approach it from the same. Then that's how the note started as well. LG approaches it from removable battery with you know gigantic battery cells, yep. or you know, and a replace um, a secondary battery in the that's, box. That's but where the mate line came from, and yeah. But so, at the same time, this is just part of a range. So we already knew about the Zenfone Three mm-hmm. and Zenfone Three Deluxe, and then they also have a Zenfone AR. Which isn't, oh, yeah. isn't quite built the same way, but it it very much is the same kind of size and platform. 
But this one's crazy because it's got Tango technology in it, but it's not gigantic. Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole new array. It's a, so like Lenovo did the the Fab Two Pro, and it was massive. But it kind of had to be massive because each of the uh, cameras in the Tango array, because you have four different cameras going on there, they were spread out across the back of the phone, and so you needed that space uh, in order to to make everything work. And and they packed a giant battery in there to make sure that the augmented reality stuff didn't you know suck the life out of your phone in twenty minutes. Can we pause for a moment? What is Tango? Tango is Google's augmented reality platform. It, it relies on hardware instead of just a single camera. So what can you do with that? It gives you... So there's a couple of things that you can do with it. What most people are going to do with it is is play games and look at apps that, that allow you to do things like put a dinosaur in your living room or, or you know, Lego blocks places where you can kind of see them through your screen but not ever not actually be there. Okay. But there are a couple of really interesting practical applications uh, that all follow uh, machine learning uh, because the the way that the Tango sensors are built, the phone knows where it is in relative position in the, the room that you're standing in, hmm. which means if you are mapping out a room, you can walk from one end to the other and the phone knows where it is in that room based on how the sensors are, are uh, seeing and processing the and information in the room. What else is in the room? The big example is, and this is what I did in Barcelona back in February, is in a museum. So it knows it's, it knows where it is in the museum. It knows how to get around the museum. And then it looks on the walls and says, okay, I know what this painting is right here. I know who made it. I can tell you all about it because I'm connected to the internet. Huh. And a big part of that is not just not just a single room. It knows... The whole building. The whole, the whole building. It, if you say, I want to go see this painting, and that painting is up two floors, a diagram could show up on, uh, on the Tango phone. There. Here's how you get to that painting. That walks you up the flights of stairs and is aware that it is traveling up while you're doing so Picture because it's spatially aware. One, one of the most frustrating places to go as a modern dad, and you should absolutely tell me about it at moderndad.com, is a home improvement store. Row after row after row after row. Maybe you'll find what you're looking for. Maybe you won't. This yeah. sort of thing would be able to say, all right, right now you're at row one. You want to go to row eight. You want to go halfway down. All right, look up. There it is right there. But it was a really cool technical demo when it was the Tango tablet. And it was a weird contractor accessory with yeah. the Fab 2 Pro. I sold like, it at Lowe's. Yeah, like know. Lowe's contractors See? would buy it and do stuff with it. Uh, but it was neither of these things were ever something that a person would actually have in their pocket and use as their phone. And... Asus stepped in and fixed that. Yep. You know, the, the Zenfone AR, you don't ever have to use the, the Tango stuff. And if you're looking at it, it's not even really obvious that it's there unless you know what you're looking at. It's a five and a half inch phone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a not, five and a half, it's and it's thin. thin. You know there's something different about it by looking at the back, but you're not necessarily yeah, sure. Yeah, so what. the camera's got a little tiny bulge to it, and it's got these kind of silver things on either side. But yeah, it, it just looks like a normal phone. And the Tango stuff, uh, I can't say anything more about because it didn't freaking work. Uh, because no. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't ready for for anyone to test yet, and then to Asus's defense, the phone's not coming out for a while. Yeah. It's not going to be it's a, it's a Q2 release, so they've got a while to actually finish the phone and have us work on it. But yeah, I, I, if it works the same as the the uh, Fab Two Pro, then it's not going to work super great in low light, and there's going to be some weird problems when you go to use it in certain kinds of rooms, but. Uh, Asus made a big deal out of the kind of sensor they were using being super good for low light, 
and being very different from what had been used previously. And the primary uh, camera sensor is 23 megapixels 23 as well. megapixels, and it's using a Sony uh, Sony sensor that is very similar to the one used in the Pixel. Yep, and the GS7. And the, yeah, so I think it's I'm, exactly the same one, actually. I'm super hopeful Huawei? that this ends up being... Yeah, Huawei, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super hopeful that this ends up being a much better Tango experience, on top of being a phone that people would actually use. Uh, but but uh, it's that's also a common streak between the AR and the Zoom. Yeah, yeah, is that they're, they're phones that people will actually use. Uh, but the the only other thing that makes the AR stand out uh, is that it's the first phone that's running both Tango and Google Daydream, yep. which is uh, you know Google's virtual reality platform. Uh, so so it does both, and it's the first phone to do both, and it is definitely not going to be the last. Google is pushing that pretty hard. We're going to see eight thirty five. Uh, no, this is uh, 821. Yeah, that's right. Specially right. designed. Yeah, specially optimized 821. 835 was in the... Was just announced. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't in a phone. Nothing, so, okay, that was it. And the yeah. Snapdragon 835 is an impressive, impressive bit of self Actually, it is in a phone. Uh, it's in the Qualcomm developer phone oh, that they well. shoved in the Power Rangers VR thing and right, made me sit right. in and made me really sad about never going to see that movie because uh, that was ruined for me. But uh, Sorry. That's too bad. Um, yeah, we talked about that some, later. That was not good. Asus had so. some new laptops too. Uh, it's something else. Yeah, Asus had. Uh, they updated their ZenBook line. Yeah, um, the deluxe is nice. It is, uh, and the the ZenBook before that was also really nice. This is, uh, I believe, a slightly larger version of it. KB Lake processors. Something Have there been versions of the ZenBook that weren't nice? I own the original ZenBook. Like when they first released it, and it was oh, no, super nice, thin and nice. Yeah, and yeah, they've always been thin and nice. And the only part that, and it's a purely cosmetic thing. I don't like the the circle brushed aluminum. Oh yeah, like yeah. That. that's an Asus thing. That, yeah, that's they, their thing. They love that circle brushed aluminum. They do concentric Ooh. circles. Someone yes. at Asus has like an entire room made of that stuff. <laughs> Probably John Johnny Chi. <laughs> yeah, like he just he walked. That's his like car. his that's his quiet room. Yeah. He steps into that room and it's just all like different colors of metal, but all of that concentric colored yes. circle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's bring this in for a landing with Andrew. Uh, new Chromebooks. Yeah, well, yeah. Several Asus new Chromebooks. Also. Oh, hmm. What? That's not the last thing we're going to talk about. There's okay. still more. Well, well let's, let's talk about, about Chromebooks really quick. <laughs> we talked about what's well, because Asus had a nice Chromebook. Yes. An updated Chromebook Flip, but it's funny because it's not like it's a replacement for the previous Chromebook Flip. This mm-hmm. is like a bigger expensive, nicer, yeah. proper laptop in the way that the cro- old Chromebook Flip was a 10, was, and, ten and a half inch. It was budgety. $200, I mean, good for $200. Mm-hmm. had plenty of RAM, nice touch screen, it flipped back, it was made out of metal. But it was $200, it was 10 and a half inches. It was kind of a weird reference thing for Google getting ready to put Android apps on Chrome. But the new Chromebook, it, Chromebook Flip, is really nice because it's like a proper... Full-size laptop is, what, $500? Yep. It's got USB-C ports, nicer screen. Really nice. Samsung also did something interesting and didn't release a Chromebook that's a total turd like the rest of their Chromebooks. Yeah. They have the Chromebook Pro and the Chromebook Plus. It's, yes. Basically the same except for the processor. One has a, an ARM processor of unspecified the specification plus. in the Plus. And so you the, don't want that one? The... Pro will have an Intel processor right. also presently. No, they, they specified that. It's a uh, camera off the top of my and head. And so the big thing there, again, 500 
ish dollar. Yeah. For the ARM version. They haven't priced the Intel version yet. Figure 550 yeah, or something. Yeah, so, anyway, you know, big proper laptops, sure, they fold back. These both have a nice active stylus. Uh-huh. It's essentially the Note stylus. Right. But it's not an S Pen. Don't call it an S Pen. It's a digital stylus thing, right. or digitized stylus, whatever. But two very nice Send Chromebooks. Send an email to Andrew. And yeah. Plenty of people already have. I know. The, the nice thing is two good, solid Chromebooks still. They're so disappointing compared to the amazing Windows laptops we're seeing. True, but but they they're also as much. they're four fifty five hundred dollars. Yeah, and keep in mind that this for five hundred dollars you get that nice proper laptop feel, nice display, the nice display, and this is the new world of Chrome OS where yeah. we get Android apps. Yeah, yeah. and and that touch stylus is going to be a big deal for that. Yeah, and, and they're also gone and built in accelerometers and gyroscopes into these, but you normally yeah. don't get in any laptop. Which means the Android apps are going to be even more functional. Right. Like, this you, is and you can, they, they they'll work. Yeah, you can pull up a full uh, Android game like mm-hmm. Asphalt uh, Extreme Made 3D or whatever it's called now. Oh, the first person that does that's getting slapped on on a. Derek did it in, on video. On 11-inch, oh, we tried. We had to download a gigabyte of stuff. We could. <laughs> uh, but you can actually play it there on an 11-inch right. Chrome tablet. I'm going to pick up my television and play Asphalt 8. <laughs> as soon as you get a gyroscope in it. Yeah. It's so, Derek, what's what's more interesting than uh, new Chromebooks? Well, <laughs> most things. Uh, we got our first glimpse at uh, all the new Windows holographic headsets that are coming. Uh-huh. And they look, some of them look very techy. Uh, some of them look very nice. Uh, Dell's almost looks like something out of uh, that Tom Cruise sci-fi movie, Oblivion. Everything is white and very clean. But they're doing something very interesting where it's, they're doing what they call inside-out tracking. So they can do room-scale VR by putting a pair of cameras into the headset. So the, the headset is looking out and imaging the environment. And That's what the green. Lenovo one does, too. Right, and Lenovo's is one of those uh, Windows holographic headsets, and they can do that instead of having to have like the Oculus, or no, sorry, the HTC Vive has, and having the lighthouses to give the headset positioning. Uh, they're also working to make these a lot more affordable than Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. Those are seven, eight hundred dollar headsets with all these uh, attachments that you really need to make them worth having, versus the. price point that they're aiming for with the holographic headsets. Mm -hmm. Um, But cooler almost was actually something that Lenovo did with the existing Vive headset. And it's something that is almost the sort of, well, duh, thing when you actually see it in action and you figure Mm -hmm. out what they did. You can put on a Vive headset, fire up their Entertainment Hub app on their new gaming laptop, their Legion series, Mm. and it will take... A first-person shooter game, and we demoed it in one of the Deus Ex games, and essentially it maps your head movement to the aim point in the game. So you take a non-VR game. Like Blue Thunder. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Go look it up, folks. Blue Thunder. (laughs) I'm frightened. Maybe Airwolf. Just remember, he's modern. Yes, you are modern dad. (laughs) But it, it's Roy like it Schneider, take, come on. We're going to need a bigger helicopter. It yep. can take any non-VR game and turn it into VR. Of course, there are going to be things... You're still using done. a controller. Yeah, you still use like an Xbox controller in your hand to fire and move around. But it means that the entire library of 
first-person shooter games can be adapted for VR. Because right now, the, the big problem with VR is just content. There's more and more of it happening. But if you want to sit down and play a long, you know, an, an hours-long AAA game, those don't exist yet for VR. And they're probably, like, ones that measure up to the mark that we expect out of games like Battlefield 1 are probably years away for VR. <laughs> Russell's just... Making hand gestures. Yeah, he's gesturing. Yeah, well, it's it's weird. You know, the, the games can be adapted, but yeah. unless... Uh, Unless the the headset manufacturer is, or rather the the software manufacturer is doing it themselves, uh, the game developers aren't going to step up and be like, "Let's support this one tiny yeah. platform." Yeah, I'm not going to go and if I'm a game developer, I'm not going to go back and rejigger my game from right. 2013, which is you know they play as a Deus Ex game from 2013 to 2014. It was not a newer game that they used, but if Lenovo provides like the warp mapping to do it themselves or to even offer it to gamers that are really interested in this, because let's be honest, if you have a VR headset right now... You're, you're going to be playing these games. You're, you you're going to be the playing these games, and you're living on the edge of this sort of stuff. So you're okay with getting in and yeah. fiddling with this sort of stuff and building your own work. And make no mistake, if you're jumping into Windows Holographic when they first release, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. You're, you're jumping in on the bleeding edge, stuff is going to be broken, stuff is going to be weird, but yeah. Microsoft just seems pretty interested in moving quickly... To, to make that stuff ready, I'm pretty sure in order to make sure that the experience is polished in time for uh, Xbox Scorpio. Absolutely, because Xbox Scorpio was due out in actually this year. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to bring full 4K gaming for a for your TV, but also it's going to support VR gaming, which right now it's just the PlayStation 4 Pro supports VR gaming. Or All versions of the PlayStation All versions 4 support. Play PlayStation 4 support VR game. Which is frustrating, because I think there's like nine of them at this point. Yeah. And the Xbox does not, but Xbox Scorpio is going to come with a massive amount of computing power that even the PlayStation 4 Pro does not have and be able to enable much better VR experiences, presumably. And, you know, Microsoft's still ex tinkering with VR right now with uh, their mixed reality, augmented reality in the HoloLens. Uh, HoloLens is it's important, you know, for, for people to draw that hard distinction between uh, and it's weird between Windows Holographic and HoloLens mm -hmm. because HoloLens Windows Holographic is going to grow much faster than HoloLens mm. oh yeah just just by virtue of people using it and touching it and doing things with and it and being able to afford it yeah and, and HoloLens I don't think they're ever going to release a consumer version of what they have now especially with competing product, uh, products coming out that are going to be slimmer and, and smaller oh yeah I I HoloLens is going to change very dramatically before we see it as a retail product. Right. And, and HoloLens is an impressive product in that, you know, it's fully self-contained. Yeah. but And that's the thing. The, the, the thing that they did really well with HoloLens as they continued to develop on it was build this inside-out tracking module. Yeah. Which they now have made cheap enough that they can give to uh, these partners and make... I, I think they said that some of these headsets are going to be coming out at $300. Yeah. Yep. Which is great. I mean, that's 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 going to be a fantastic thing. It's going to be weirdly different from the experience that you get with uh, Oculus and Vive, and there's going to be some confusion there as to why that is at first. I think. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but it's but it's going to be interesting. And on the subject of things that Microsoft partners are making cheaper versions than what Microsoft is making. Actually, hang on. 
before you do that? Substitution. Modern dad has to go to bed. He's tired. <laughs> it's it's the modern hour. Yes, it is the modern yeah. hour. So, so in, 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 in my him. place, I give you Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fish. Can I really come play? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just so We're just going to rotate YouTubers. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Moderndad.com. Subscribe. Uh, any other things I'm supposed to tell them? Yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome yeah, to my be, channel. Be sure to hit that like button. Yes. Yes. Hit the like button. Drop it's... your favorite part of this show in the comments below. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't That's you have to hit too. the alarm bell after you hit the subscribe button? You definitely want to, yeah, notify. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's too much. Don't do that. Anyway, thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to be back. I'll be back later. But right now, I have to go work a little more and sleep a little bit and then go home. So, okay. Bye, right. Phil. Bye, everybody. So, good to see you. Speaking of things that Microsoft partners are doing for... Cheaper than Microsoft. Mr. Fisher's here. Hey! Thanks. Thanks for that setup. Who's ready for Who are you? I am. I am Michael Fisher. <laughs> I uh, have a. I have a YouTube presence known as Mr. Mobile, and I just spent an hour talking to the guy who made the Star Trek wand communicator, <gasps> the Bluetooth communicator. Yeah, one of the guys, not just not the one guy, and we had a wonderful time, and I'm very excited. I have to stop this real quick. I can tell. <laughs> How great is it that we all made jokes about him busting in here when I brought up the Star Trek Cop Badge, <laughs> and literally the entire time we were having that conversation, he was he talking was to the people talking, who were yeah. making the Bluetooth version of it. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! That's awesome. Yes. So yes. So and I and I, I on occasion hang out with my friends at Android Central, and, and the last time I was on this podcast, Andrew yes. often looked as though things were not going. Uh, the way he wanted them to go. <laughs> yeah, because I've had Phil sitting in this podcast the whole time, rummaging through a bag of Skittles <laughs> that he left behind, and getting undressed, and walking <laughs> in and out of the room, and dragging his feet around. <clears throat> I promise not to do most and of like, those he's things. Just, he's like slinking around on the ground and making noise, like, just sit still for five minutes. <laughs> or, you know, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of us have been able to handle it. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, Derek. So, you know, I mentioned earlier how gaming. PC manufacturers have been able to make much better PCs and laptops than they have in recent And a good amount of the credit for that goes to Microsoft. They came out with the Surface line and said, this is how you make a Windows tablet. Mm. And they made it, it was beautifully machined and compact and light. And You could ride it like a skateboard. Yeah. I'm never going to forget that. It was built in a way that Few Windows machines were being made, and it set the standard. Oh, did you not? Know I that? did. Forget you forgot that. about it. Sorry, yeah. So great. I did. Oh. Is that what did, did Panos say? Say that? Like he didn't just say it. He mounted trucks to one of them and rode it across the stage. The Surface Book or the Surface? The, the original the surface. surface. Oh, this is like why a I little, missed out. Like yeah. a penny board that cost two thousand. He straight up. He was what? just like, and to, and to tell you that I'm not kidding. Here's one that I mounted wheel trucks to and rode it across the stage. It was That's great. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's great. So Microsoft in creating the Surface line and then iterating on the Surface line and expanding the Surface line with Surface Pro and the, the Surface Book has demonstrated to PC manufacturers, look, you can make hardware that's as good or better than what Apple makes. Mm -hmm. And PC manufacturers have followed suit. So don't mind if I do, I would like to make that same product. Exactly. And so there are, there are people who have made Surface clones and knockoffs. Uh, there have been some companies like Lenovo that have tried various iterations and then ended up falling back on the same Surface style. Mm -hmm. And then Microsoft decided, we're expanding this. And they made the Surface Studio, which is their desktop version. And it has this giant 3x2 uh, ratio touchscreen attached to a 
computer base. So it's an all-in-one computer, but you can pull it down and put it down almost flat on your desk and draw on it with a pen. They've got this neat little dial thing that you can stick on it, and it generates controls there on the screen that you can interact with. And it's a really neat concept. It's not cheap, though. <laughs> no. It's not cheap at all. It's a couple thousand bucks, depending on how you configure it. But that's partly because it comes with the whole computer. How many solar umbrellas is that, Andrew? Well, <laughs> you've, so started, you've talked so much about Windows that I've, <laughs> I've tuned out. But, you know, the computer that's attached to this isn't necessarily the most powerful computer you can get. And it's having to drive a lot of pixels. If you happen to have a really powerful computer already, and you're, you know, you're an artist and you're doing all sorts of 3D rendering and video editing and all this stuff, you, we want more, you want a more powerful computer than you can get in a Surface Studio. So Dell said, what if we make a Surface Studio without the computer attached? That's what the Dell Canvas is. Oh. It's a standard 16 by 9 ratio screen. I believe it is a 27 inches IPS panel, a QHD resolution, so it's not as pixel dense as the Surface Studio is. And it's designed more to sit flat on your desk or at a slight angle, like sort of a, a like a, a calendar mat, like a calendar mat or a, or a drafting uh, table. A drafting table is more more apt. Huh. Uh, and you can hook it up to any computer. And they're even making it has a pen that is a a Microsoft style pen. It's not not a uh, Wacom AES pen. Uh, they even threw on a neat little magnetic mount for you, so you can just set it in the top right corner. It just sticks there. Love that. They're making their own version of the Surface Dial. It's going to do all the same things because this stuff is just built into the Windows 10 Creators update that's coming uh, in a couple of months. So this is something that's cool in yeah. terms of, you say, all these different companies are making really PCs that aren't like traditional PCs. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of making things a little more lifestyle-focused. How many people have worked at a drafting table? Mm. I mean, what percentage of the PC buying population is like, oh, yes, that takes me back to my days when I worked in that uh, architecture office. I, I mean, these and are I use a drafting table. The Surface, Nobody. Surface Studio and Dell Canvas are admittedly for niche audiences. Well, and, and more specifically, like, uh, you know, high-end design audiences. Yeah. You know, They're, people who are are realizing that the their Wacom digitizer, uh, you know, display... The good is, old Cintiq. Is sh yeah, the Cintiq is showing signs of age, and Wacom isn't really updating that like they no. used to. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so the, this is this is kind of the next step. And I think more to Derek's point earlier is that, uh, you know, Microsoft has been working hard with their partners to kind of get them to, to focus on things like, you know, industrial design language and, yep. and you know, actual style to their products. And and that's going to appeal to that audience. Oh yeah, uh, who is you know going to be replacing a, a Cintiq or, or uh, you know in the case of uh, uh, large companies like uh, Pixar, where you know they, they get an idea for one of their design stations and they just buy five hundred of them. Yeah, and then you know all of their workstations are identical, and then you know that's that's how. Uh, for the longest time, Pixar did with Apple, where where they would buy the the Apple desktops, you know, because they would use them as giant rendering farms because yep. they could, uh, you know. So so this that's the the audience that these products are going for. Right. They're they're definitely not what you would consider consumer products, and they're not technically enterprise. They're they're really small art business, basically. 
Yeah, and Dell actually had another product that's aimed at exactly that sort of audience. It's a 32-inch monitor, and at first glance, it looks like just any old 32-inch monitor. High resolution, like 4K or something. No, it's 8K. See, but that's that's just excessive. 7,680 7, pixels by 4,320. Is anybody making 8K content? Nah, nobody's making well, 4K content. Well, it's a computer content. monitor, so it doesn't matter. I mean, this is for... This is for you can have... like Pixar, because these movies are rendered in 8K. Right, it's um, the, it's the yeah, resolution... Or, or okay. uh, I mean, you just talked about a graphic designer liking this big drafting table, but yeah. let's be honest, a lot still like a separate keyboard, mouse, and pen with a pad. And right. They can see things at half resolution instead of scaled down to, you know, one-eighth resolution or something. Correct. And they don't have to blow things up as much. Or they can they can show, oh, I'm working on a 4K video over here, still have everything else around it, and it's showing at native 4K. Right. So that's where that resolution makes a little more sense. Okay. Yeah. When you're talking about that's boosting, you know, the amount of actual productivity real estate you have. Yeah, and amusingly, Dell did this exactly like they did with the 5K display that they released, uh, I believe it was last year. And it was powered by, you actually had to plug it into two ports on your computer <laughs> to drive that many pixels because Thunderbolt 3 wasn't out yet and it didn't have enough bandwidth to drive that through, I, I believe it was over Thunderbolt 2. Mm. And what they're doing with this is actually powered by two display ports. Huh. And as far as the computer is concerned, it's two separate displays. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, oh, it's stitched happened. together. Yeah. Well, you set it up once and then it's done. Yeah. And you can just mouse right between them and it's no big issue. But it is absolutely stunning. I have never seen a display that just, you know, I've seen displays that made me go, wow. This one is jaw-droppingly sharp. How much? When? $5,000. <laughs> But, again, end. consider the audience. That's yeah. actually not that uh, bad. Sure. At the end of March. Okay. And I think this probably has more likelihood of being released than the last last year's Dell jaw-dropper display. Sure. Which was a 30-inch 4K OLED panel. Yeah, no. Which was also going to be $5,000, but never saw the light of day outside of CES, which made me sad because it was beautiful. That's because the bigger you make OLED panels, the more problems they have. Yeah, OLED, mm. OLED, is, OLED big is hard. Uh, but this is just a... That's why the prices get exponentially bonkers. As yes. you get you get above, like, 55 inches on OLED, and it gets stupid. Yeah. I do want to take a moment to mention, we did see some insane TVs from Samsung and LG. Mm-hmm. To the point where they decided, people want to have TVs on their walls. Oh, uh, yeah, the wallpaper TVs. But they, yeah. they want to be able... They, you get a TV right now in a store, even the thinnest ones are going to be two or three inches thick. Like, they may have... The majority of it's going to be thin but the base of it that has the computers and speakers and all that fits in the, it. The TV part. The TV part that powers the TV is thick. They, Samsung and LG both decided, what if we take that part out and put it in its own box and just run a single wire to the TV? Was that how they did it? Yes. Yeah. So there's a separate box that sits below the TV. You can stick it away in your entertainment unit if you have such a thing. Uh, Run that. No, cable. this thing is as big as people's entertainment unit. LG's is. LG's is enormous because it is a sound bar. Um, yeah, it's enormous, and so they said, let's put a sound bar in it because it's friggin' enormous. True. Because it's for like an 85-inch TV. Yes, and it's 85-inch 4K TV still. But that means that then the 2.5 millimeter thickness of the OLED panel is that's what's on your wall. And you connect it with, like, 
basically like magnetic connectors you stick on the wall and then just stick the thing stick to the, the wall. Stick the TV onto it. Because it's so light because yeah. it's just an OLED panel. It doesn't have a backlight or anything. You better hope your wall is well constructed and sure. flat and true. But the people that are buying this... Oh. Can you imagine hanging a television like that and then finding there's like a bubble or like a wave? Yeah. I people would burn buying, the house down and start over. <laughs> people buying this 85-inch, 2.5-millimeter thick TV that has to be custom installed because mm-hmm. you need... Sure, the TV just sticks up there with some mag- magnetic strips, Yeah, but the bottom thing has to weigh 30 pounds or something. Sure, I mean, it I mean, includes got- a big speaker system, and it... And it flush mounts to the wall too. Oh. You don't just put it on the ground. It flush mounts to the wall because then you have this certain length of cable that goes in the wall and then pokes back out. Right. I'm sure LG's going to sell a cu- mounts. This is a custom install. LG's going to sell mounts for that because they sell mounts right now for sure. their, their WebOS LG. And you're going to you're gonna get somebody to install it for you. I installed unless, it. Unless, you, unless you're Derek. Yeah, I, mm. in, installing mounts isn't that hard. You find the stud. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you... How's that robot lawnmower working out? Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I know that you city dwellers aren't used to sticking things in the walls because you don't not own allowed, your not walls. not allowed to do that. No, no. But the thing is that most people... Okay, most, most people, people... They most don't people even go through the trouble of, inst- of installing a 5.1 surround or even a 2.1 speaker system. Or putting a TV on the wall at all. Exactly. They buy, they have an entertainment center console and they put nice TVs. You can still buy a $5,000 TV that just mm-hmm. has little legs on it and you set it there. Yeah. This is an amazing proof of concept and extremely CES of them. It is. Yeah, I don't think we need to worry about most people when we're talking about any kind of 85-inch television. No. That's, yeah. This is true. Yeah. But like many things at CES... I want one so bad. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think my wall is true. So, Michael, <laughs> si- since you stepped in here, what what uh, were you excited about? Knowing that we've already probably covered it because we've been All on for it. an hour and 35 minutes. No, of course. Yeah, and I don't want to retread any of that. But I will say that the, the thing that probably, the two things that got me excited in a gooey kind of way and like you know, not like graphical user interface, but no, no. Continue. This is the second one of those you've done this evening. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, the, the BlackBerry is there because it's because it's we stoked with my nostalgia thing, and I know you guys have talked about that enough, probably. But uh, and and the other thing is the other the obvious guess uh, the the old um, Razer Project Victoria Valencia Valerie Valerie whatever the hell. Uh, that, that also discussed on this side of the couch here, yes. no doubt. Um, but so because you've talked about those things, and I want to talk about it again. I'm sure you guys have not talked about uh, the other side of the Casio booth from the side you probably did mention. There's a Casio booth. We did. No. I, this is the show I learned I was a Casio fan. We didn't oh. mention either side of the Casio booth. So I, I didn't know there was a such thing what? as a Casio you, fanboy. You, you believe you it? Have you have the couch Thank for you. Uh, a number of minutes here? No, I only, I'll only take it for one minute. On one side of the couch was the Casio F... Wait, oh, can I do it? WSD F20. Nice. Ah, thank you. What is that? Uh, the WSD F10 was the giant orange hulking massive smartwatch. You could use that to beat people with your wrist. Yeah, to pummel them. And then it would tell you where the fish were. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. And what the tides were as well. Yeah. Uh, big old Android Wear smartwatch that nobody bought, I think, uh, except me. To review it as one of my first smartwatch Mr. Mobile reviews, and I loved it. So the, this is the sequel. It corrects for one of the major shortcomings, which was lack of standalone GPS. That is now on board with this 
hiking outdoorsman's watch should have been there to begin Did with. Did it correct the other issue with it? That it is a massive beast? No, the other one. Uh, the display is really good for the outdoor stuff. Oh, there was no heart rate sensor, but I don't think no, you can complain about that. No, it was also $500. Oh, no, that is oh, not I correct. I thought it was going to be that it was not correct. fully intact. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah <laughs> is it still bright orange? It is not just bright orange. It's like space shuttle external tank orange. Yeah. Because let me tell you, <laughs> that shade of orange is just amazing. It is dope. Yeah. It stands out everywhere. And I can't, I don't even know what I would wear with it. But every picture that I've seen it in, especially like your video for yeah. it, it just looks so nice. Dude, you got to wear it with a blue shirt. Yeah. You know, a baby blue shirt and you have an orange watch and then you're owning stuff. Yes. But anyway, uh, it's it's wonderful and it runs Android Wear 2.0, which I got yeah. to play with for the first time since IO. Looks a lot better now. Fun a lot better now. Still uh, got a keyboard in it. Eh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything I want to do, it's, it's definitely type on my wrist. Type on your wrist, yeah. Uh, but the uh, while I was checking that out or waiting to check that out, I saw on the other side of the Casio booth something we don't really have much of here in America anymore, and that is fun action cams. Oh. Not like a GoPro little box that, that is admittedly more useful than what I'm about to describe. <laughs> <laughs> But a much larger smartphone-sized, but chunky smartphone-sized uh, camera with a big old dome lens on it, very wide field of view, uh, and a hinged bonding point where it connects to a monitor, an LCD monitor. But like I say, it's smartphone size, so it's pretty small. And you can separate the components if you want to, like you could with some of those old Sony... Uh, Oh, okay. Years yeah. ago, put the camera one place, put the monitor another, so you yeah. can control it, move them independently. You can move the content to your Casio watch, the the, the photos and video that you shoot naturally, mm-hmm. clearly, and um, the, you know it's weatherproof and 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 made for for active lifestyles and all this kind of stuff. And it costs, I'm sure, it's probably five hundred bucks or something. I don't know. I got to look at my notes again. And it's only being offered for sale in Japan. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing, and this is where I'll stop talking about it right after this point. We'd never buy this here in the States, right? Why? Probably because we have smartphones. Boom. They, the phones replicate 90% of the functionality of this thing. But in Japan, apparently, this thing is either done well or Casio has made three generations of a product that's done poorly. Admittedly, the latter is possible, but i, yeah. I got to believe they're moving somewhat. So in Japan, something about... Um, the way people use technology in Japan is such that Get dedicated cameras are still big, right? And that's fascinating to me. And I haven't. I asked every PR person in that booth, and none of them could explain it to me. But I would love to hear it if anybody knows what why that is out there. But I was captivated because it's a little gadget that folds and separates and goes back <laughs> together and takes nice photos and is something different. So it was a it. smartphone-sized gadget thing that is not just a smartphone. Word, and that's that's, that's neat. On the subject of weird folding cameras you are wearing snapchat spectacles right now that is true i forgot what do you think of them uh, they're wildly off topic but i want to know they're great consider yeah. you yeah. you received them at the start of this trip yes i did so, so i'm still new to them I'm and you're still you're still wearing it you haven't like you haven't left it anywhere i've seen you with those things pretty much everywhere to be fair um that is largely because i like talking to people i like talking to strangers and strangers are always like, hey, oh, how do you like those? Oh, okay. So, you know what I mean? I've got but, a Google, Google Glass so you can uh, borrow if you'd like I don't to talk to strangers. I don't want to be beaten up by people. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wear the Google Glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and let's be fair. Michael also is well known for losing things. Oh, darn. Well, now I am. Thanks, Derek. 
Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I keep them uh, yeah, firmly anchored to my shirt. So I, I No, but they've been actually useful during this show. Because as with glass, for all the shit you can say about glass, where can we curse on the show? Yeah, oh, we, we already right. have. Uh, when you're wearing a camera already, it's way easier just to go and hit a button rather than unlock your phone and go find a bunch of that, whatever app you want to use to, to capture it. Sure. And so walking through the crowds here, like shooting that weirdo phone I was shooting before, like I just had it on my face. I push the button and I'm already looking at the thing and I just have to move my head. That's and that is, that is one thing for as absurd as they look considering that they're the spectacles, they don't look like any sunglasses that most people would wear realistically. This is true. They fold like sunglasses and Michael has them stuck into his shirt like you would wear sunglasses and you put them up on your head like you would wear sunglasses. That is what Google Glass didn't do that. It, It was rigid and they were, of course... They were literally 10 times as expensive and you were worried about breaking them and they were more fragile. But this is just a, a cool little thing. Sure, they're 150 bucks. They're still expensive for what they are. But you put them on. You can take your videos. You can just fold them up and put them in your uh, in your shirt or on your head or in your bag and you're not worried about them. You don't right. have to carry around a special... Uh, admittedly, extremely nice carrying pouch for Google Glass. Right over there. Oh, oh, sorry. Not yeah. Spectacles. Well, there's also the spectacles carrying case yeah. for spectacles, and it charges it. Yeah. Right, but it's it's not necessary. Right. Which color spectacles are you going to get, Andrew? Yeah, that's the question. They come in so many colors. You strike me as an orange. Oh, no. Man. Somebody's no. <laughs> Somebody else can choose because I will be in a grave before I. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could rock the black ones very well. I'm just <laughs> all right. So for the record, do we want to end this with uh, just a quick hit on what our our favorite random thing from the show was? Oh, random! Ooh, I like you should idea. start. Yeah, well, I mean that's easy for me. I found an astronomy camera, uh-huh. and I am never going to not talk about this astronomy camera because it was it excited me greatly. Uh, really simple camera, uh, not too much bigger than a smartphone. Uh, in fact, it runs Android. Uh, and it, it's, you know, four megapixel sensor with uh, huge uh, micron pixels for, for capturing in, in low light. Uh, and, and the whole idea is that you walk out into a field and you take a picture of the night sky. And it, it has all of saw the software presets baked into it uh, to make that super easy. So you want to grab a shot of the moon. There's, you know, a preset setting for it. It makes it very easy if you don't already know how to take those shots. Long exposures for captures of the Milky Way. Just very cool the way that it's all set up. But the best feature was uh, basically an augmented reality filter. The the camera uh, UI has you know shutter button and and you know delays and everything, but you can have an overlay on it that is uh, the Google Sky Map uh, that has constellations and everything already set up on it. And so as you move the the uh, camera around, you can see what part of the night sky you're looking at, and you can actually search for uh, you know specific stellar bodies. And it will guide you to them, you know, through this application. Which is what, with arrows on the Yeah, with arrows. And you just you just move it around and then you can, you know, you can line it up and take the shot that you want. Which struck me as just incredibly cool. They're they're not cheap. It's a, a $500 camera kit. Uh, but, you know, the anyone who is new to the idea of astrophotography uh, would really enjoy this and, and use that as a stepping stone to... The weird addiction that is very expensive uh, cameras for for that kind of uh, uh, photography. That sounds awesome. So I mean, it's called yeah. a Tiny One was uh, was the name of the camera. Nice. 
Mine is the Grawl phone. The what? G-R-A-A-L phone. This is essentially every fanboy's terrible Photoshop render of their dream phone device. You're, you're was it handed of, to you by a large Nordic woman with a you're, helmet? You're thinking of the Sega V squared. I was just going to say, the Sega guys come out. It is a five-inch Android phone that you can then slot into a base no. that is a seven-inch. No. You think, you're thinking of the Asus pad phone. <laughs> no. It is a seven-inch Windows tablet with a slide-up screen that exposes a keyboard. No. Oh, that thing! Yes, it is equipped with a 5x zooming lens and a secondary camera to help it image things yes. in 3D. So from Android phone to Windows tablet with a keyboard to zooming phone to zooming, zooming. phone. Okay, how do we spell these things? G R A A L phone. All, right. All one word. Like what? what? Yes. I saw this thing. You have a follow-up to this, I'm sure. Because this I is... saw this thing, but then you torpedoed me, and you, don't, you didn't even know it. <laughs> they, their tagline here is, your pocket <laughs> desk anywhere you go. Yes. It's it's amazing. It is never going to sell oh, that day. that camera lens is so dumb. I know. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the cool... Cool. At the time, <laughs> the Ultra Mobile PCs. Yes. yes. You slide this, it up like the Sony. This is the Ultra bios. Mobile PC Reborn with a slot in Android phone. This sounds heavenly. I know. I, so I know exactly the one you're yeah. talking about because I walked by a, the booth where they were exhibiting it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Justice, Justice, come here. My producer's name is Justice, everyone. Justice, come here. <laughs> not, not like Batman Justice. <laughs> But I the, am uh, Justice. Spelled even cooler. Than, yeah. Like, yeah. No. Justice was awesome uh, for the show, and he was like following me around at one of these events, and I was like, I saw this very thing that you're talking about, Derek. Yes. And I was like, just we gotta get we, whatever this is, we gotta get. It. I don't even know what it is, but I know that I want this on How film. How do you type on the thing? And I have no idea. And Justice did that thing where like. There's a dog you're trying to get to come inside at night and will not come. And pull, pull on their collar and like, they won't come. Because he's standing there like, what's the matter with you? Get over here. We got to shoot this thing. And he's like, N no, D Derek said it's uh, Derek said it's garbage. It's never going to make it. <laughs> I was like, oh. All right. And it's true. It is. This is one of those things that comes to CES. Yeah. Uh, and it is a, a wild product yes. of just pure imagination yes but this thing i'm looking at the renders <laughs> yeah this thing could have been released or, or announced that ces 2015 2014 2013 2012 yeah the hardware and these renders would look completely at home yeah the yeah. phone the phone looks like something very modern it looks like with a phone sort of... that could not exist in reality yeah <laughs> the the tablet pc part of it looks like it belongs in 2013. Like an ultra mobile PC running Windows Vista. Yeah, uh, it's got Windows 10 on there. Well, no, it looks like it should be running sure. Windows Vista. Mm. Uh, this thing is never going to, like many things here, it's never going to see the light of day as yeah. an actual product that people are going to be able to buy. The phone slots into the side. It looks like a cartridge going in a Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's got like a little thing where you put your fingernail in it to pull the phone out of the side. And there was actually a, a neat little sidebar. Uh, Kangaroo has a company that's made these little like modular PCs where you can get a, a PC that's like the size of two decks of cards. Uh, and it's you know powered by an Atom processor, but you can throw it into a dock and plug it into your monitor, your TV, or whatever. You get a couple of docks, and you can just take your PC with you around the house, 
yeah. to work whatever you need to do. Well, you Windows people love your docs nowadays. Oh, docs are great. Yeah. <laughs> but they came out with a smaller version that's powered by a, an Intel Cherry Trail PC. It's like the size of, uh, it's like th- four inches long, inch and a half wide, quarter inch thick. It's like a PC compute stick. But you can slap it into a laptop dock. Now, it's not great. It's 300 bucks. But this, they've been around and actually making these products. They are a functioning company. This is a functioning product. Yeah. But now I'm thinking, the next version of this, you can take this out and pull, pull this dock out of your laptop, throw it onto your TV. And you can just have your PC, your entire Windows 10 PC, and just this little stick. And you can plug it into whatever you need to plug it into. You have your Grawl phone, your Grawl laptop. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> is Kangaroo we're talking about. Grawl laptop, the Grawl TV. <laughs> the Grawl mirror. Yeah. yeah. The Grawleroo. Someone upon it, a nice branding. Approach. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my bit. I like it. Mr. Mobile, what is your craziest CES thing? Uh, for, first, I, I want to say I may have misquoted uh, Justice. I don't think he said that you said it was garbage. I want to make that clear. Okay. But it definitely, we, should, he, we, we he didn't want to go over there. So anyway, <laughs> and it was because of you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Uh, so my, my thing is very simple. I, really, I did the action cam thing, but uh, it's, uh, Andrew, help me out with the brand name on this phone. Uh, with the sensor in it. Uh, oh. Yeah. Cha, cha, cha. Oh, you're talking about the, the company Changhong. Changhong. Thank, is that right? <laughs> That's correct. Okay, Changhong. Yes, the Changhong H2, uh, which if you look at it is just like any other Android phone out of just another Super Huawei look Really generic. Uh, I don't even... Who cares about the specs? It's Just imagine the most the generic specs. The spec sheet was for, for hilarious. The spec sheet was also... <laughs> but you not have a lot of great terms on it. Like, Anyway... Uh, up in the corner of the back side of this little phone, big phone, is a <laughs> little spec sheet. It's a little, is a little sensor window, and it is the powered by the same technology that powers the SIO, SCIO, the pocket uh, spectrometer that got launched a couple years ago. The little dongle that attached via Bluetooth to your phone and let you do things like scan apples to see what their sugar content was huh. visually. Like it, it breaks down the molecular structure of whatever it's looking at. Or like indexes that something in your arm and get really crazy readings of your body fat. Skin, yeah. Yes. Well, and it also do like the alcohol content of your beer. You can do that, yes, but uh yes. Yes. Sorry. Don't like put your phone in the beer. But. Right, but they're actually building a uh, water bottle that yes. has it built into it. So it's <laughs> um, but anyway, but all this is now instead of being in a like uh, you know peripheral it's built into the, say it again, Changhong H2. Changhong H2, and uh, I can't say I would recommend. It'll be four hundred and thirty dollars. Well, that's yeah. That they, it may get more expensive if it comes over here, or make it less expensive. But that's what the current price is because it's available overseas first. It's just an it's just another little step toward the tricorder because I like direct measurements of things with gadgets in my hand. You even com- though it does rely on the cloud. You combine that with Tango phones. And you have a tricorder. And you have a tricorder. Like you, you, yeah, you take a, you take a Fab Two Pro or whatever uh, peripheral to it. It can image. You, you can point it. You can image the thing. Yeah, and that it's either two point six five inches or eighty four inches, depending on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, well, yeah. First entry is energy saving. 
<laughs> the spec <laughs> you don't get that information <laughs> the the next spec is display and eight core two gigahertz okay yeah. cpu yes yeah exactly <laughs> and spectrum sensing of yeah. course right and then it goes on to compare it to the iphone 7 plus the samsung galaxy note 7 <laughs> why would you compare Mate, anything to that phone and the huawei Mate that's nine. your question <laughs> yeah so yeah the battery is in units of w and it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah is it in no, like yeah. thousands of w <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so this this podcast can't get too much longer. Yeah, we've Andrew, said that multiple what is times. Your thing? So my thing is this Leico <laughs> bicycle. No, the smart bicycle. Why is a bicycle smart? Because it runs BikeOS. <laughs> Wait, B I K E capital O capital S BikeOS. It has. It has a Snapdragon 410 processor. Oh no! A 6,000 milliamp hour battery. <laughs> you, and it, you, uh, you don't it, power it by pedaling. And it has a four. <laughs> in, and it has a four inch screen on it. Can you recharge it by pedaling? See, I don't know that. I oh, feel like you have to plug it in. Awesome. Yeah. Um, kind of you can recharge it. By and of course, it has GPS, compass, uh, accelerometer, etc. Lights and. We, apparently, because they think that there's going to be more than one people, these they like talk to each other and say things. I'm not really sure what you do. Like acoustically? I don't I don't think that they speak to one another <laughs> literally. They have, they have their own language. They um, so wait, I haven't heard I haven't heard you explain to me yet. There's two pedals. Well it's still yeah. just it's a it's this a is ro- just a bike with a screen on it? It's a road road bicycle. You know it's got GPS and Wi Fi on it and you know all this kind of stuff. Yeah, this is a real sales sales point. It runs a Snapdragon four ten processor. Mm. The problem is I'm sure the rest of the bike rides very nicely and better when it's that price whatever this price is going to be, it's absurd. But it's like... All the things that this bike OS does, I have this thing called a smartphone. Yeah, with right. a yeah. 6,000 milliamp hour battery. You can fit a lot more battery than that inside of a bike. Well, yeah. you know, there are weight concerns. Bike, bike OS with... is something I expect to be on, like, the EcoRico thing. Sure. Yeah. Like a, a scooter. And they actually had an electric assist smart bike thing. They make a road bike and mountain bike version. Just let you Oh, know. good. My smart <laughs> solid. My so <laughs> that's the that's that's absurd. So ah, oh, that sounds like fun, but it, it doesn't sound like fun to pay eight grand for. Is that what it's really? It bikes of this type dollars. are several thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Take right, that. We're, bike we're gonna we're gonna yeah. toddle off this podcast as we click over to the two hour zero minutes and thirty seven seconds. Yes, nice. level. <sighs> well done, guys. Okay, Derek, you want to take us home? My sure, voice man. is gone. Well, this has been the CES 2017 special edition of the Windows Central and Android Central podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And Mr. Mobile and Modern Dad. And, yeah. and Cella. Yes. And yes. <laughs> oh, Cella was here? We had lots of, like, yes, we had lots of people coming in and out. We want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Later. Good. Stay mobile, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was not a smooth delivery, but I'll give it to you. No, I do what I can.